Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Welcome to the Simpsons Index, episode 88. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and normally this would be the part of the podcast where I introduce the guests, but this isn't a normal podcast, oh no. See, today, we are reviewing the vignette episodes of The Simpsons. Hey there, what's a vignette episode? These are episodes that are made up of three separate stories, kind of like the Treehouse of Horror specials. Uh, You might remember Simpsons Bible stories or Simpsons Tall Tales. These are examples of the vignette episodes. And as of recording, the Simpsons have done 10 episodes in this style. So because these episodes work fundamentally differently to a standard show, we felt it necessary to do a special podcast that focuses solely on these vignette episodes, much like how we do special podcasts for Treehouse of Horror. And as a fun way to match this style, we change guests for each episode review. All right, you caught up to speed, you know what's going on, you know what the drill is, so let me welcome you to The Simpsons Index Vignettes of Vignettes! And welcome to Vignettes of Vignettes. Joining me for this vignette is BT Calloway. Yeah. And Danny Rosewell. What up, jerks? <laughs> so much better. I, I just froze. Deer on the headlights. That could be a new catchphrase. I just froze. <laughs> Maybe. That's the name of my sex tape. <laughs> Tales of British exhibitionism. Yes, dear, in the headlights. <laughs> nice. And we just watched season 19, episode 12, Love, Springfieldian style. It was written by Don Payne, first released in February of 08. In this episode, this is a vignette about three love stories. Guys, what did you think? I thought a lot of things. Yeah. In fact, I thought about things in three separate segments that came together to make one solid episode. <laughs> nope, solid is the wrong word. But I did start off thinking one thing. In the middle, I thought a very different thing. And very by the end, I, I just didn't know what to think. So yeah, starting out, we'll talk about the framework of this episode then. So it starts out with this cute little montage of everyone enjoying Valentine's Day. Yeah, do the L wins for little L when love the <laughs> word. Yeah. Wow, it's just like Elton John is right here in the room with me. <laughs> so John Elton. Yeah, no, I like that montage. It was a little nice little sweep of the city. It gave you an obvious theme. I liked when yeah. Clancy goes to give Sarah his gun, but instead a bouquet of flowers. Very him. Yeah, but um, I didn't dig the Mr. Burns and Smithers giving each other candy hearts. Smithers says something like, I want to bone your old bony ass, and then... That's exactly Sweet what on you. That's <laughs> sweet on you. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then Burns gives him one says, release the hands. No, yeah. sweet for you, because he's giving a sweet for you. Oh. Here's a sweet for you. <laughs> Wordplay. Yeah. So, yeah, the whole thing is uh, leading up to Homer bringing Marge to the carnival for Valentine's mm-hmm, Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do like the quick back and forth of carnival. What's so romantic about that? The kids run away and he's like, get it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is Homer at his occasionally, I'm smooth mm-hmm. and charming. It's like he actually planned a Valentine's Day thing. I was so sure he wouldn't have. Yeah, he. Anything. Be driving to like the hardware store and yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I'm gonna make this up as I go. So, you know, props yeah. for remembering that. Yeah. He learnt lessons from the past, like when they lost the kids in the mall at Christmas time or whatever they he said mm. he got the idea mm. from. Mm-hmm. But you know, the framework doesn't make up much of the episode, so Homer and Marge go into a tunnel of love. For those who don't know what that is, I don't know what that is. It's a enjoyable water cruise through zombies and witches. Naturally. A tunnel of love. I really liked that they really played into like the scary movie trope of them like watching the scares and the jumps and, and Marge goes, wriggle, wriggle, wriggle. 
<laughs> and they all snuggle up and it's really adorable. Yeah. I'm actually quite glad it wasn't just Homer mistaking. Like when he goes, ah, the tunnel of love. What better way to get a woman into your arms than with a s- series of animatronic scares thinking it was like a, yeah. a horror yeah. house. But I like that though, that's actually what it is. In or they accidentally go into the horror house. He thinks yeah. it's the tunnel of love and she hates yeah. it. No, I much prefer they go into the tunnel of love. There are a bunch of stupid am- animatronic scares. And it's a perfect and it's setup. Because it's cheesy, but it's cute. Yeah. 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 But I mean, having never been into a tunnel of love, I just, I don't get why they call it a tunnel of love and then have jump scares unless it is for that reason but it's not a lovey tunnel i'm pretty sure you get an actual tunnel love is just a water cruise that's just dark so yeah. you can fool around yeah while the animatronics watch from the darkness love With- hearts everywhere maybe kissing yeah. noises soothing barry manilow music or barry white music or well, any of the other barrys <laughs> they're all they're, it's <laughs> they're a all, safe bet. Yeah. yeah pick a barry go with it except for crocker <laughs> he belongs in the crockery drawer <laughs> so the reason why we get into this whole telling three stories of love is because Bart pulls a prank and pours jelly mix into the tunnel of love's water and Jordan's anal corner <laughs> jelly does not set that quickly I mean maybe not where you're from <laughs> uh, well it was jello I was about to say mm-hmm. for our international listeners this is jello yeah. not jelly I didn't really think this was a decent enough reason for this to be happening, especially because, like, oh, we're stuck. Okay, let's tell love stories. We're in the tunnel of love. And then the kids just sort of appear. In that the was next... worse. That were in the next scene where the kids just wander up and they were like, we want a story because clearly being at a carnival and running yeah. around on roller coasters you is boring. You want to go hang out with your parents and listen to their love stories. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. I think it was much cuter when, you know, they're stuck here and they're like, well, we got nothing to do. Homie, tell me a story. That was like... That was fine. Yeah. That was everything we needed. And then the next bit of framework is, I don't know, essentially the same thing, but Bart going, I've got a story now. I really got the vibe like they'd thrown darts at three different boards. No, they hadn't even like decided on a story that had like sent production team into different rooms and said, each one of you write a love a Valentine's story. We'll glue them together somehow. Fuck it, whatever. Yeah, they were having yeah. like writers survivor. Yeah. And so yeah. Last, you're going to break off into teams and each team will write a love story and one will be voted off, by which I mean onto the episode. It sort of makes sense within the context of the framework because whoever threw the last dart completely missed and forgot to fucking oh, yeah. actually cap off yeah. this framework. And just hit his iPod and just landed on the Sex Pistols. Yeah. <laughs> so this part, since we're wrapping framework up, this is what made me very angry. Yeah. And my sort of inability to say it is because there is no it. There is no final framework scene. There is no wrap-up to the storyline. They had to get all those Lady in the Tramp parody bits in, apparently. (laughs) You can't finish in the middle of a story and just forget that you actually have an overarching story. That's... Especially when it's wrong in the framework of the last story, Homer wasn't even stylized like everybody else was. He was just in his normal Homer yep, clothes, yep. pouring garbage out, and he basically tells everybody watching at home to shut their gob. And also, <laughs> Sid and Nancy had a happy ever after. Oh, well, we'll, we'll get back, get we'll into get, the stories. We'll I'm back. sorry. That's okay. Um, so let's go to the stories themselves now. So the first one, Bonnie and Clyde. What do you guys think of this one? Start off pretty well and just tanked real quick after that yeah like i actually enjoyed pretty much the whole thing there were a couple of weird choices in it yeah didn't like the theater and the racist cartoon mm-hmm. uh, i know they were trying uh, to point the, point the finger at the racist cartoon yep. themselves. it's one thing to say like the, the line of oh i'll help you out but after they play the racist cartoon 
then cut, don't show us the racist cartoon. Yeah, you don't need it. And Simpsons have already wa- always walked a like tricky ground with racial mm. cartoons. Yeah. I'm thinking right now of the Chinese restaurant, Itchy and Scratchy. Oh, um, yeah. But there's plenty of reason not to have it. It wasn't very funny. And, and then they cut out and have Wiggum as the audience going, wow, that was so racist. Even I feel it's racist and I'm a racist. Yeah. yeah. And, that's- <laughs> and it's like, it's a racial stereotype in itself that all Southern sheriffs are racist. So yeah. you got this big fucking snake eating and, stuff. And don't be the audience. We're the audience, you know? Yeah. Don't tell us how to react like that, rubbing our noses in it. You know, a quick rewrite, something, something, uh, this racist cartoon, but it's still on him, and then you hear one taco, please, some wacky sound effect, and then yeah. you go, ooh, that's bad. Yeah, that's fine, and it's quicker, too. Cutting into it itself was just, I don't know why we're doing this. What about, it's so that they can make a racist cartoon. Yeah, we want to we do a shitty fucking Speedy Gonzalez bit, which, by the way, when it was all up in arms about Speedy being a racial stereotype, a lot of like the Mexican community came out and were like, this is amazing, it's so uplifting, and it put us out there, and we, we love him. Um... <laughs> Maybe like how Simpsons versus Australia was. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> like we try to emulate Tobias. We now. love to hate him. We hate <laughs> to love him. What were some of the jokes and stuff that you liked in the Bonnie and Clyde thing? Early on when Homer's like, I see violence is her turn on. And then like yeah. robbing the bank and they're shooting. Like, what are you doing? We cooperated with everything you wanted. It's a sex thing. Say no more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There was just a couple of like really obviously written jokes like the grandpa going you're a co-owner you oh yeah anything. oh yeah yeah but it was um, brief so we moved on yeah i wouldn't think it was like a crazy intelligent it was like cleverly written but it felt simpsonsy to me you know i i watched the intro with the valentine's thing and the pan over and the doves and they did the thing with the two birds everywhere and the two people and everyone was in twos and you're like oh valentine's i know what that is <laughs> yeah and homer is like being his charming version and marge is so margie and the kids run off and everything feels so simpsonsy and the yeah. pacing was nice and then even when they did it into the segue into the Bonnie and Clyde thing, they kind of kept that flow mm-hmm. of the way they would storytell a visionette or a, a, a cutaway. Yep. Yeah. Until, to me, I kind of enjoyed it right up until the ending where they just kept opening fire on Bonnie, B and C. Yeah. I didn't like it then because it was taking too long and they were doing like breakup joke where they're yeah. clearly dying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I did like it when they contextualized Yeah, it. when they cut away and it was Homer telling a story. Of course it keeps going with the gunfire. Yeah. That was really funny. Mm-hmm. But they probably could have cut it shorter, you know? Have them talking a bit. They didn't need to stop and have her ask out the thing. And Wigan being like, oh, and on and on. Yeah, so I... I didn't really think much of like the story beats they were hitting with this one. Didn't do anything special. Um, yeah. I'll say it followed the story pretty well. Yeah. It, there was the clueless accomplice who was like just driving them from city to city, didn't really think anything of it. And then oh. he did find out what they were by um, watching a newsreel in a movie theater. Is that a fact? I'm pretty sure. It's been a long time since I watched the biopic. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. And the film as well, how they had that guy who's like, I'm lowering my defenses at Pearl Harbor, and the Japanese guy, I'll Yeah, oh, that's where the episode turned out yeah. for me. It was like, uh, you know, to combat Bonnie and Clyde, we're taking all of our airplanes out of Pearl Harbor. Someone remember to remind me to put them back. Well, I, I will do that. Like, really tasteless, man. So they just had a racist Not bit. Not cool. They just had a racist bit, and they're like, oh, be quiet, I'm following it up with this racist bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just a way that was like, uh, like even when it was Pearl Harbor, it was like, Rang. and then mm. they have the Emperor of Japan just standing there like, yeah. 
Yeah, but I will say, and this is going to be a common theme with this episode, is stylistically I liked what they did here, you know, mm. like the sepia yeah. wash. Yeah. And yeah, and just converting every character into, like, stylistically, yeah. Giving yeah. them a bit more of a southern drawl as well. The accents were really good. Yeah. Sometimes they cut in and out. I'll get back to that with Sid and Nancy. Yeah. yeah. I really like the two people doing the radio thing, and, and they're telling the, those shitty 30s jokes. Yeah. You filed it under G, what's that stand for? Good to have all that money. I believe that I was, gee, it's swell. Or so, uh, I, didn't, <laughs> I can't read my own fucking handwriting. Well, then you don't get to correct I me. don't get to. <laughs> and I'll have to cut that correction out. Homer had a half-decent line of, oh, violence turns her on. This must be her thing. And I'm too lazy to try and find out what else turns her on, so yeah. violence it yeah, is. Yeah, I chuckled. Mm-hmm. So if you were to rank this section and this section alone, what would you give it? I started on a bronze for this one, and then it let mm. me down. I'm going to say, because the framing device for the episode is working up into this point, and the section was okay, I'm going to bronze everything up into this point. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree. Like, I wouldn't say it was an amazing episode, mm. but it felt Simpsons-y enough, and I was yeah, basically enjoying still it. Still held potential. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, kind of goofed the ending, but hey, didn't we got like two more vignettes to yeah. go. Didn't yeah. like the ending, but I did like the cutaway punchline to Homer going... Mad's like, is this over yet? Oh, soon. Yeah, and just when you think it's over, <laughs> they did shoot them a lot. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> Where they bullet-ridden corpses, just yeah. totally bullet-ridden. Yep. <laughs> wow, I got to more, read more about these people. They History, it's fucked. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting that two out of the three of the stories were based on some on history. But the next story, Shady and the Vamp, which is obviously taking off the Disney movie A Little Mermaid. Yep. So Shady and the Vamp. Again, I'm gonna say stylistically, this looked beautiful. They had a lot of like really nice backgrounds in this. Yeah. And I actually really loved the character models. Yep, they worked. I thought yeah. Marge's little yeah. poodle thing with Marge like, was little fluffy really cute. Yeah. Um that's a cute dog, isn't it? Didn't like easy now. <laughs> didn't like Mo for some reason. I don't know why. The model or just the, the Mo model? Oh, I definitely didn't like the character. No, yeah, the, the character was awful. But yeah, I agree. It, it it didn't feel like that would be the type of dog Mo would be. Yeah, I think that's it. A little muttly thing. Yeah, but it was also like a really beefy, Butch, yeah. like dominant looking. The way he was kind of striding around felt more like Snake would have been something about, like yeah, that. You think oh, okay. about how hunched Mo is, and that's not that type of dog. That dog's posture is impeccable. Yeah. Mo yeah. should have been something like wretched looking, Just like a, a chihuahua, you make know? Him, don't even make him a dog. Just make yeah. him a rat. Yeah. Like, they made Bumblebee guy into a chihuahua as another racial joke, because mm. fucking racism everywhere in this episode. So there's no other dogs in Mexico. Yeah. I think, like, Bumblebee guy should have been like a roly-poly sort of dog with Bumblebee ears on. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, the Mo dog itself, I again, this just comes into how much I hate what they've done with Mo. I felt like they did like two or three dog sniffing butt jokes in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's and not a lot one. of other jokes you can do with dogs. Yeah. I think there is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, let me rephrase. There's not a lot of other jokes they can do. Yeah. They did. They got a whiteboard, they wrote down dogs in the middle, they wrote sniff butts. And then they went took lunch. <laughs> Looks like I'm sniffing my own butt tonight. Hilarious. Yeah. I liked him saying, oh, we're not going to sniff each other's butts. I mean, unless you're into that, of course. You did? Um, <laughs> I don't think it was a funny Simpsonsy joke. I just thought that was perfectly capturing Moe's personality, you know? No, of course I'm not into anything weird unless you're into something weird. I'm totally into whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. If that was to Marge, that would have been perfect. True. It was just more context where he was throwing it. Rather. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, like, they're doing the lady and the tramp thing. Homer's playing the tramp. And I didn't mind the whole, you know, oh, you got no chance with a dog like that. Uh, even the fleas and her are classier than you. Yeah, and then a big zoom in to the fleas oh, going, oh, yeah. I'm going to summer within West Leg. <laughs> like, nah. I liked that. <laughs> it felt like a family guy cutaway. Really? Yeah. Like, why was that there? What did that contribute to the story? And why was that part of the story and not just like, I made a joke, let's cut away to that joke. That's the family guy formula. But it wasn't cutting away to something else. Zooming. Separate, it was zooming yeah, it in. Was. Oh, come on. You can you can give no, it a No, man, it was on Planet Flea. Okay, well, look, I mean, you're allowed to like that. I, I, the, you, you, you do you, boo. I will. It's an episode I generally didn't like. I'm trying to find oh, as many did positives we, Did we talk about why would they suddenly put Lady and the Tramp here? Like, they're kind of doing uh, no, a historical didn't. thing with Bonnie Clyde. They're doing a historical thing with yep. Sid and Nancy. And then they're just like, what's another romance? Fuck it. Let's do a Disney thing about two dogs. Yeah, because Marge is telling the story, and it's like, okay, fine, she wants well, to soften it up, but then it's like... Well, because, no, because this is in the framework where Bart and Lisa, again, showed up for no reason, and then mm-hmm. Lisa goes, I want a story that's child-appropriate. Yeah, but yep. to me it's that feels like, line. I've already got my dog story, how are we as writers going to justify that? Yeah. It yeah. doesn't feel like this is the right story for the episode. Yeah, and I would have preferred, you know, stick in reality uh, or and, history. Yeah, and then Go just, with, like, tragic stories, if you like. Um, and then child-friendly it up, you know? Yeah. Have Romeo and Juliet... What's the one where all the bullets are, like, smiley faces? The least are on medication? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, the sad, and the drugly. Yeah, that's it. And and even in, they do it in the next episode by replacing drugs with chocolate, and that's sort of a cute thing to do. That actually quite worked out very well. That was pretty clever. But, I mean, in terms of this one, I think... Despite all that, it was my favourite segment. Um, you know, just when you think you've seen uh, uh, enough um, Lady and the Tramp doing the spaghetti slurping wow. gag, wow, they did one that you know gave really? me a couple of chuckles. Colour me surprised. This guy, right? <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't like the spaghetti thing? I didn't like the Lady and the Tramp. This thing. was this my, my most weakest hated point. part. I failed the, this. Segment. Yeah, I failed oh, wow. this thing. This is the this is the worst. I, I mean, I still only would have given it a participant, but yeah. <laughs> which isn't saying much for the rest of the episodes, really. But I, I liked it. They're slipping the spaghetti, and she ends up in his mouth, and that's terrible. But and then the health inspector comes and raids uh-huh. the place, and uh-huh. it turns out he's only got a restaurant for animals. I Even hearing bit, but... you say this, I'm still like, this is stupid. Why is this? Why is this happening? This makes no sense. It is. And he's got like, they're like seals and donkeys and zebras and macaws there. <laughs> and none of them are paying. The guy is just like throwing his food. I don't know what's going exactly. on here. Exactly. And no. he says at the end, Mama always told me, served food to humans or whatever. Yeah, this is yeah. nonsense to me. Yeah. I, I had problems from the beginning where he should, they show up to the restaurant and he's like, Ah, oh, Homer, the dog, how's your day? Rough. I was like, Whoa, you said it was uh, rough. Yes, that's exactly what I said. I was like, Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, this yeah. pissed me off because this is the same joke they did in um, Guess Who's Coming to Criticize Dinner. And Homer's trying to write the... Yeah, Chewy? Yeah, the food review with Santa's Little Helper. Yeah, yeah I um, didn't like the um, the classic door slam five times by like the 15 kids running past yeah. it's a classic bit sure he he tries to go through the door and someone slams it open and he tr- and he looks he goes and then someone else slams it open slam 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 mm. I, I mean it's a classic bit it's way too overdone to use here in this year of our lord but to me the problem is that it is basically a disney bit that they're just they're not, Re- they're not twisting. Poorly. Yeah, and, and it's not a bad joke. It's overdone. Yeah. But it's a normal Disney bit. It's like, if you're going to do a satire of a genre, you're yeah. going to make a joke about it. You can't just echo yeah. it. They're going, here's vanilla, but here's our spin on it. 
vanilla. Ooh. And it's like, no, no. <laughs> with extra white. You're supposed to... <laughs> now with white. <laughs> so, as far as, like, I haven't seen the Lady and the Tramp in forever. I don't remember. Does Tramp fuck off? Is that the deal? No, no, no. She gets captured and he goes and saves her from the pound. Oh, that's right. So, they did a spin on it there where, instead of all of that... Marge Dog gets pregnant and Homer fucks up. And also, Jordan's anal corner. Even dogs don't get morning sickness the day after sex. we got to be careful about this because I know that Jordan's going to come in and anal corner about how little we know about Lady in the Tram. <laughs> so you know that's going to happen on next week's episode. <laughs> Coming uh, next week on Jordan's anal corner. Uh, <laughs> one day it'll just be his show. Oh, Goofy. <laughs> Fuck, man. Oh, I did not goofy like Goofy bit. bit. Yeah. Um, it was really tasteless. Just like yeah. having him go through... I'm a half dog, half man. Look at my suspenders, Goofy. What? I'm speaking English. I'm not like them. Don't kill me. And then they kill him. They put him in a chamber yeah. full of death gas. And turn uh, it on. And then turn it on in his eyes. And one, this is Marge telling the story. Two, yeah. this is Marge telling a story that's more children appropriate. And yep. three, he comes back at the end to say, Disney sucks. Simpsons rule. Yeah, yep. this is a joke that doesn't age now. <laughs> well, yes. Now yeah. Disney owns the Simpsons. Yeah, because he says, oh, gosh, well, that beats working for Disney, her York, and like staring down the fucking camera. Yeah, yeah. This was not, garbage. This was not the correct avenue for them to put that in, you know. No. So, what about the song as well? Any minute now. I feel like this is a parody of something. Yeah, that sounds like a familiar song to me, and I can't put my finger on it. We should really have done our research before we did the recording. Is it uh, any minute now? My ship comes sailing in, or something? No. I, mm. That sounds familiar. Maybe it is from Lady the Tramp or something, but. Yeah. Whatever it is, I haven't seen it for a bajillion mm-hmm. years. So. Editing Bay Elliot J here to say that, look, I've done a lot of research on this and it does seem like this was a wholly original song as it resembles nothing from Lady and the Tramp. The song that I referenced before was Waiting for My Real Life to Begin by Colin Hay, but besides the line any minute now, the two songs don't really share that many similarities. But on a side note, please go check out that Colin Hay song. It's beautiful. There's also a version of it that appeared on the TV show Scrubs and it is uh, breathtaking. I love it. Anyway, back to the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I think production-wise it worked and I don't think there was anything particularly bad about it. It's just that the Homer dog to be saying any minute now I'll make her mine or whatever and then for him to, like, be fucking off. Like, I don't know. I just didn't think it made sense in the context of the rest of the story. No. Because, like, uh, Homer Dog clearly didn't want to be a part of any of this. Well, yeah, he's clearly just in it for the the dog sex. But, look, I didn't mind how the story sort of ends where he brings it home and says, oh, we can be a nice family of four. Uh, You do know there are nine other puppies, right? I didn't think that was a bad... Simpsons already did it with their other Disney ripoff of 100 Dalmatians. Yep. Yep. I don't think that brought anything new to the table here. They've also done it with the Pooh's kids. Yeah. 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 By this point, I hated it so much I didn't care if it was a great joke or not. Yeah, it was just filling time before the next segment. Yep, and before we get to the next segment, do you have any more notes about Shady and the Vamp? Uh, Bart goes, we need to find Daddy. He needs to teach me how to lick my... And these head bobs down, <laughs> and he comes back up. Oh, never mind. Yeah, I hated that. Yeah, oh, I, I hated that. I didn't mind that. Homer the dog scalps Willie. So, oh, yeah. that's right. <laughs> Again, this is uh, Marge's softened up, age-appropriate story, and it's yeah. just... Full of death and horror. And yeah, when you, I didn't even think about that. When you remind the context that Marge is telling this story, especially the line, oh, heat's the safe time, right? Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> Marge? Yep. And she got to imagine she's sitting in this tunnel of going, and then the dog ripped and ripped at the mean pound keeper until his head came off. Yep. <laughs> but it's okay. Remember how I said he put Goofy in the gas chamber before? He let him out. 
Goofy's out now, and he's probably still going to suffer terrible lung disease from that gas. That's actually where I thought they were going with that joke, that he'd be even goofier coming out. Maybe Ew. that could have been the joke that he starts, oh, but I speak English, no, I'm an no, actual dog, and then he comes out goofy. Okay, this is very simple. If you're a budding writer, this is just something you can carry to any project. Don't put Goofy in a gas chamber. Yeah. <laughs> ever. In yeah. any context. There's no ever. good reason for these jokes. It's That's just, like, yeah. It's like, yeah. you know what it felt like? The famous, uh, sc- what are the scrollers called? Scrollers. At the bottom of the screen, there's a, the fancy Chirons. Chiron. You know the mm-hmm. famous Chiron where um, Quagmire rapes Marge? Mm. Yeah. Mm. There's the no infamous. reason to tread infamous. on that, you know? Maybe it felt like they were taking a swing and having a gentle ribbing joke of The Simpsons, but it really just feels like this ugly treading on what is a beloved icon to children, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's like the last one with the cartoon saying Woody Woodpecker's racist or whatever. Yeah, maybe you don't like Woody Woodpecker, Mr. Simpson, writer, but why shit on people that do? Yeah, Yeah, Don Payne. And so the final segment was a Sid and Nancy parody, Mm -hmm. as told by Bart as well. Now, this segment, again, stylistically, I like what they did. I liked the dark aesthetic of it all. And yep. I thought the voice actors did a pretty decent job of the accents. Yeah, switching out to Bruce. Yeah, it slipped a bit yeah, when Bart was singing, for example, or sometimes. But other times I was just like, damn, that's really on point. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of liked their sort of parallel import uh, Sex Pistols song. Education's bollocks. Bollocks. America yeah. is bollocks. Yeah. Bollocks. Ah, I wanted to find out what else was bollocks. <laughs> yeah, I quite like that, man. Yeah. Uh, so, I was a little bit of a Sex Pistols fan back in the day, not so much mm-hmm. now, and I can mm-hmm. tell you firsthand that this is not how the Sid and Nancy story went. No. <laughs> I mean... First of all, she came to New York as a prostitute. Yeah, but, like, this is, is this about realism in any sense of the word? Uh, the, the, the chocolate... I mean, for example, do you know there actually was never a Lady in the Tramp at all? <laughs> now you're just trying to hurt us. I know. You mean there weren't two cute little dogs that broke the class divide <laughs> and managed to find love. That is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's definitely not about realism. I feel this is my... Bollocks. Yeah, I feel this is my favorite <laughs> Realism's segment. bollocks! Bollocks. Um, Sorry, this is your favorite? Absolutely. Favorite segment. I think the, the storyline is, is, is vaguely... Oh, man, chopping it short really, really burned me. Um, mm-hmm. But the storyline makes sense. It's coherent. It's a scaled-down children retelling. So, yeah, I, I like the idea, and again, contextualizing it with the framework, that Bart's sort of telling this, and yeah. maybe... Yeah. He didn't know what drugs were, or he heard a nickname, and he's like, oh, it's chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, heard nose candy and was like, yeah. Nose <laughs> candy. I like it. Yeah, That's... but I actually like how they did it throughout the episode. It was, you know, I thought it was just going to be, they were, because the first one you see, they're kind of chopping up lines of uh, Well, the Coca first powder, one and is you think gonna... Otto, like, yeah. pulling open the, 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 the coat, and he's got the racks yeah. of, of different chocolates, and he's like, chocolates for rock stars. She's um, like, rock stars, really? Yeah. Yeah, I liked how they uh, pulled the con on Millhouse as well. And then I do like uh, the sudden switch to Otto's British voice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the, but then the first one, you get once, once you've established that, yeah, chocolate's going to be drugs, and, you know, they're chopping out Coca Power, you're like, okay, then snort it anyway. But then they just pour yeah. it into milk and stir yeah, it. Yeah, I, I like Because that. they had the straws and everything, that yeah. was such a good misdirect. I yeah. loved it. I saw it and I was like, whoa, they aren't chopping up on a Simpsons. And there was that second of me just being yeah. shocked before yeah. it was done in a way that children wouldn't 
pick up on. I think mm. the sensors would yep. be okay with that, and I and I thought it was really clever. And the spoon one as well, like they're heating the spoon of chocolate yeah. like you would heroin. And they yeah, just pour it on some ice cream. Like, no, this isn't cool. No, wait, <laughs> yeah, this works they, perfectly. They found a way to turn each time. It was quite yeah. Because yeah. We sorry, uh, we saw one the other night where Willie's hooked on red vine licorice, and he's mm. tying off his arm with a bit of licorice oh. and just eating it with the other hand, and it's pointless. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't yeah. feel like a misdirect. Yeah. yeah, I was just gonna say that I think this is the one really clever part of the episode as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean there were fun parts in Bonnie and Clyde and in Puppy and Puppy, but nothing that really stood out as wow, that was a really clever way to do something. Yeah. And, you know, bringing in Nelson and Lisa's romance as well that's been established in the past, I thought, yeah. worked well for the Sid and Nancy parallel. Definitely. Definitely. I was really worried they were going to have a Bart and Lisa romance um, <laughs> just for a second there. But I, I guess the only thing was that, is that a pairing that Bart, as a storyteller, would have chosen? Uh, Tell a story yeah, about Lisa I mean, and her boyfriend. Yeah. He's got to get a girl. Who else is he going to use, I suppose? I f- would have assumed he would have put himself as the the, the love interest with one of the girls. No, that he's, girls you know? are gross. They have cooties, man. Yeah, but he's had girlfriends and crushes and things. Yeah, he I also suppose. has cootie insurance. Church girl. That's true. Yeah. Churchy McChurch girl. Yeah. yeah. But, well, you'd have to get uh, Meryl Streep back for that. So Nelson's way cheaper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, I think it worked within this whole thing and especially because Bart sort of sees himself more as the lead singer maybe makes a bit of sense because yeah okay yeah I don't know maybe just because I'm so familiar with the Sex Pistols story I was a bit unsatisfied at how they didn't really use it it didn't really need to be the Sex Pistols I guess but how else could they sing bollocks yeah true but yeah and this thing sort of starts out, and you're like, wait, how did their relationship? Oh, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. No, that, mm-hmm. was, that was my first point is, really? We're doing Sid and Nancy, are yeah. we? Yeah. Okay. The wrong choice. It's In fact, like, I mean, Bonnie and Clyde, uh, maybe that's the thing. All three of them are sort of stories that don't work out well as love stories. Oh, yeah. Like Bonnie and Clyde, mm-hmm. they, they go on a violent rampage and get shot to death. Yep. So it feels like they were going with a theme until Lady and the Tramp comes up. Yeah, pretty up. much. The, yeah, of tragic love. I'm on board with that. Violent tragic Which love. Which they weren't even framing it as tragic love because isn't it tragic that our Valentine's Day got ruined by this hey, broken tunnel of love? I'll tell you about a tragic love. Bang. Better episode. <laughs> Fuck, just, just a couple of minutes of workshopping. That's all it takes, god yeah. damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Simpsons writers, record more podcasts. No, no, travel forward in time, listen to our criticism of your episode, go back and fix it, and break the space-time continuum. I don't feel Lady and the Tramp is a particularly tragic tale. Oh, it's tragic they ended up with 11 children. Well, I Um, mean, that's what pisses me more off about this episode now. You guys mentioned that. They could have had a good theme running. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and had something to work with the framework, rather than just dropping it at the end where Mm. Nelson and Lisa are making out under Homer throwing out garbage. Yep. Good they left out Romeo and Juliet, which is the tragic tale. It's great to kind of dodge the obvious bullet there, but they should have put in an- an- another. Yeah, I'm sure throughout all of history there is another great tragic romance we can Yeah, tell. a historical one. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you bring it up because before the first one, Marge says, oh, are you going to tell me a nice uh, romance tale like Romeo and Juliet or Brangelina? <laughs> and at the time, of course, they were together, so they were... And now it's a tragic story for the ages. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which you can read all about in in Who Weekly volumes 3,000 to 12,000. Yeah, no, I got that. 
Anyway. Don't worry. So anything else about the Sid and Nancy story before we move on? Have you two been chomping Wonka? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I dig that. I dig that. Oh, yeah. Oh, CBGBs? What did that stand for? Uh, Comic book guys bar, bar. Yep. I like um, that. and now from all the way outside of texas <laughs> <laughs> oh me backwards is forwards me base is on me face me backwards is been there based that and yeah i kind of wish there was something made a bit more te- uh, about sid vicious's terrible baseball i don't know it's, it's always the- fun to make fun of sid vicious yeah, the bit where they threw Martin into the jukebox, I kind of liked that as, like... As a bit? Well, because it looks like they're going to, like, throw him in and it's going to, like, break glass and everything. Mm. But mm. they just sort of did that and then the visual showed him shoved in. I kind of liked that as a misdirect. Which you can take as kind of bad hearing, oh, they threw him into the jukebox. They didn't, he didn't think into yep. shatter glass cut face. Yeah. He thought into. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Inside off, yeah. Mm. Okay, okay. I feel like if Nelson was a true rebel, he would have broken the Kit Kat sideways. Whoa. He's a rebel, not a monster. (laughs) All right? My dad used to do that. You want to share a scotch finger? Yeah, but dad, don't break it. You broke it the wrong way. Thanks, dad. I mean, I've met your dad and he seems nice, but he might hate you. (laughs) I asked my other brothers, do you ever do that to you? No. (laughs) (laughs) Just you. He even gave us the scotch fingers with a little bit of chocolate on it. Whereas yours, he like microwaved it till the chocolate melted, then <laughs> broke it, it the wrong way, <laughs> then threw it outside. Yep. Oh, yeah. I liked how when I hired a guy named Sig Vicious, I thought this was going to be a 30-year business relationship. Yeah. Yep. Oh, they delightfully undercut the assumption that punk musicians would be wayward layabouts and not <laughs> savvy entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I didn't like how Lisa and Nelson, Sid and Nancy end up doing the karaoke show or whatever it was. That was weird. Whitewashed. Oh, Um, my anger's gone all ebb or something. Although I do like how his hair then droops (laughs) from the lack of anger. It sort of turned into an emo cut now, hasn't it? Yeah. What does does Mm, that tell you? Yeah. (laughs) Nancy being like, just go bash your head against the wall for a while. Yeah. Got to show the power balance, imbalance in their relationship, Mm -hmm. sure. But it felt like a un-Simpsons-y way of doing it yeah. and him just going through with it until you hear like the crack of his skull Yeah, didn't feel like a Simpsons episode well see that's also the moment that I'm like okay that's the only moment where like their Nancy felt like Nancy Sponge and like yeah yeah. my other problem is that Nancy was just correctly incorrectly portrayed like again this is me being a pedantic fucking music history nerd yeah you're looking at it as a music history it's definitely not a history lesson it's a Simpsons no, lesson it's not so if you were to rank this segment and this segment alone what would you give it probably as I gave the first one an inclusion of the lead in I'm kind of pissed at this one for ending not only so abruptly mm. but so short. Mm. Yeah. Like, I felt like there was more more stuff to mine out of this story. So, I'm going to have to give it a bronze as well, but that's also not how I feel about it. Yeah. Mm. I like this one better yeah. than the first one. So, my I want to say silver, but I did not like the shortcut. Although, it was at a somewhat conclusive moment of the storyline. Realistically, they were supposed to be dead. Um, yeah. But it did sort of wrap their story up. We found happiness with each other despite losing the band. But and we got something else. You know, we cut back to Bart telling the story and they have something like, yes. well, how does that story end? But He's that's like, about um, the framework. That's not about the yeah. storyline. Yeah. It so should have as, been about the framework. You know what? I'm going to say as a, as a storyline, I'm going to give it a silver. But the lack of a framework at the end, not happy with. Mm. Not happy, Jan. Yeah. I'm going to give it a bronze because, yeah, it probably had my favorite jokes of all. Yeah, actually, this is probably my favorite segment. I'd probably yeah. go this lady and the tramp and then Bonnie and Clyde last. Just show it in reverse order and you're doing great. 
<laughs> All right, guys, we'll do an abridged questionnaire. Play count, mm-hmm. how many times before tonight have you seen this? I've seen it tonight. Oh, first time. I have seen it tonight. Oh, I've watched it probably twice before, but I don't know why I avoid it. It's shit. Um, would you watch it again? I don't really see the reason. Nah, man. I got better things to do with what little time I don't have. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what else I'd get out of this. Or good case study on Bart's accent. Yeah. yeah. I like. I quite like that. His... I feel like I get tricked into watching this one, actually. I feel like I'd be on the couch and go, oh, yeah, yeah. what is this yeah. guy again? Yeah, and then go, mm. <sighs> Then they're setting up for another vignettes episode. <sighs> Oh, I guess it's time to rank this thing. I mean, it was better, but I really like it when you go higher on thing. Thing? Like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's time to rank this thing. <laughs> well, I guess it's time to rank this thing. Better. Thank you. Yeah. BT, kick it off. I'm going to participate. I just don't feel the need to watch it again, and surely the want to see it again. Hangover test, it might pass, but that's just because I'm a lazy person. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I remember, no, then I'll remember there's that Lady in the Tramp bit in the middle, and I really didn't like it. But then I'm like, well, I kind of like the Sex Pistols bit. Do I stick around for that? Mm. It depends how bad my mm. hangover is and how much my head hurts. And you know there's a disappointment at the ending. You get to that final punchline, you're just like, whoop, it's, nope, nope, nope you screwed nope. me. You, fucking, go... you screwed me. Yep, fuckers. Also, they said she's screwed, and that felt strangely. I don't know. There, were, there are a bunch of weird sex stuff in the dog movie. I mm-hmm. wasn't quite on board with. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. that was out of place. I was just looking over the things and being like, "Well, that's what we forgot it to was, say." Yeah, it was like you know, that says something like this pooch is screwed or something. Yeah, like, mm. talking about her doggy doors wide open and. Uh, and, oh, oh, yeah, and it's my time. Is is, is my, I'm on heat. Let's get freaky and mm. all this. You're telling this to your children. This was meant yeah. to be the children's story yeah. for children. Yep. So a participant for you, Beach. It is a participant from me, Beach. <laughs> what about you, Danny? What do you call it? Bronze failure, silver participant, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Why? For the things you just said. Yeah, for the things you just said. <laughs> yeah, it's not one that I hate, and it. There were things that I sort of enjoyed, but it didn't do funny with any of them. It didn't do funny. That is very <laughs> accurate. Yeah. That's the definition of a participant, I think. Yeah. It wasn't bad. It just didn't do funny. Yeah, look, I'm going participant as well. There's a part of me that wants to give it a bronze because, again, there were some jokes I liked. I liked the stylism of each section, mm. but... Again, you just can't ignore it. The framework didn't link everything up together. The stories weren't linked together. They had a vague theme of love, and a lot of the material was crap. (laughs) It's just that simple. Yeah, man. All right. Well, that will equal a unanimous participant (laughs) all around. United! And I'll form the head. <laughs> but it's a participant. So, and then I'll form the head. Yeah. That was that was a great droopy dog. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm very depressed. I'll form the jowls. <laughs> uh, this will be joining other such episodes as There's Something About Marrying from Season 16, where they do the marriage equality thing. Mm-hmm. My Fair Laddie and My Fair Lady. Take My Life, Please, where Homer stares into the fortune telly soup. Oh, but what yeah. about Take My Wife, Sleaze? Uh, that was bronze. Okay. No, I just, they use that a lot. <laughs> Take yeah. my fife and bees. Take my <laughs> knife and, and cheese. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's another one. I'm trying to find it. Oh, yeah. uh, it was Break My Wife, Please. Yeah. Um, that was a dull participant. That was the Homer walking one where Marge runs him over. Uh, you hated uh, that one. <laughs> you, you were the one who made it dull. 
You oh, were the yes. failure in our participant soup. And I'd hate it again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. That about does it for this segment. But what will happen next? I don't know. <laughs> vignette. <laughs> and we are back with Vignettes of Vignettes. And now replacing Danny is Nick. Hello, everybody. It's me. Yes, our, our good friend from Adelaide is in Sydney this weekend. Woo! What brings you to our fair city this weekend? I'm over here for a football game, uh, which I should clarify because in Australia, mm-hmm. the word football can mean four things and two of them yeah. are the same. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, I'm here for an Australian rules football game, and I don't support either of the teams that are playing. <laughs> Sounds like you're going to have a really fun time. Yeah, how I, awkward for you. It was a massive cock up with the booking the tickets. <laughs> but um, he, here are my first impressions on Sydney. Yep. I know, I know, we've got. Oh wait, no, BT was in the previous vignette, wasn't he? So we, yes. don't, we, we don't need to introduce him. Cool. No. Every, everyone knows BT. I'm just here. Yeah. Um, cool. So here's my first impression of Sydney. Right. Yep. I've lived in Adelaide for 31 years, and not once have I ever had a bird shit on me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sydney. In the first. First hour of being in Sydney, I walked through <laughs> Belmore Park on the way from Central to the hotel that I'm staying mm-hmm. in. Yep. Seagull flew over my head and shit on me. Oh, Jesus. Right. <laughs> and I've been sitting on that story for almost two hours now because I wanted to tell you guys that on the podcast as opposed to when we were having breakfast. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Keep it fresh as a seagull turd. <laughs> that, that's what we exactly. say here. <laughs> that classic Sydney phrase. No, the classic Sydney phrase is, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to live here? You want to go have a night out no get fucked oh you want to get somewhere you want to take less than an hour fuck you (laughs) hey i'm locking people out over here (laughs) oh did you take a wrong turn well just turn left and fuck you (laughs) sydney (laughs) no right turn no left turn no entry fuck you (laughs) i i did once hear a description of sydney that before i came here i Mm -hmm. thought was very apt and now that i have been here, I think it's even more apt. They said Sydney's not so much a city as it is a series of tourist locations inconveniently placed over <laughs> yep. over unforgiving geography. Yeah, that's very accurate. Yeah. Like before, when you were unpacking the gear, we had to untangle the cord spaghetti. That's how they design streets here. Yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> and then they don't label them. Yep, they went to a podcast studio, got all the cables, <laughs> dropped them, and yep. Said, this that, this will be our city. <laughs> Interestingly, Untangle My Cord Spaghetti, that was the Weird Al version of Tony Braxton's Unbreak My Heart. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but that's on the Weird Al Index. And for now, this is the Simpsons Index. And yes, yes we just watched another three-part vignette episode this was season 13 episode 14 tales from the public domain it was directed by mike b anderson not to be confused with mike a anderson written by andrew (laughs) kreisberg josh lieb and matt warburton first released in march of 2002 in this episode so yeah they do tales from the public domain and so among those they do the odyssey with like the trojan horse story they also do a joan of arc take and also a take on hamlet guys what did you think yeah, it wasn't perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> pretty far from perfect. Pretty hardcore okay. I thought <laughs> hardcore okay. Yeah. I thought I might start with because I'm a boring lawyer. Yeah. I thought I might start with a brief explanation into public domain. Yeah, sure. Okay. I'm curious if Hamlet was public domain actually, so. Yeah, so public domain is basically items of artistic work in mm-hmm. which either the copyright term has expired 
or some of them are before copyright terms actually existed. Yep. So copyright term is a thing that keeps getting more and more and more extended yeah. as Disney gets more and more and more lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it used to be, I think at the very start of copyright law in England, it was about eight or nine years, and now it's up to about 70 years. So yeah, it's long. 70 years after the death of the creator, it will copyright will lapse unless you apply to have it extended and if the court convinces that there's a good idea in doing that. So for a lot of the things like Hamlet and stuff mm-hmm. like that, they are well and truly oh, yeah. public domain now. No one holds a copyright in that. Yeah, Joan of Arc was just history. The mm. Odyssey is, you know, thousands old. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. That's just like mythology, the yeah. Odyssey, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And, I mean, the weird part is, oh, God, who her- heretic? or whoever it was that documented the Odyssey. Yeah. It's definitely not Heretocles. I just made no. that I just made that word <laughs> up. Sounds but, convincing. But no. there was some person that documented it. I mean, in theory, if they documented that story now, they'd be able to claim copyright mm. over uh, it. But yeah, it, uh, um, sucks to be you, Heretocles. Yeah, Heretocles. <laughs> well, I actually remember like 10 years ago, it was one of those things where they were updating the laws because they were realizing... Oh shit! Dark Side of the Moon is about to become public domain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pink totally. Floyd probably don't want that. No. And um, Happy Birthday is now public domain. Oh, Again. cool! For, yeah. For, for, yeah. A, for a long, long time, time it was um, yeah, what those two Texan women or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you now have free reign to sing Happy Birthday on podcasts without the need to pay royalties Let's for anyone. Not, but hey. <laughs> listeners, write in and we will not sing you Happy Birthday. Yeah. <laughs> we will absolutely refuse to do that, <laughs> J- just in case the copyright period gets retrospectively yeah. added Extended. to. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, so back to the episode. So, yeah, the question is a bit different, uh, doing the vignette. So, quickly, we'll just talk about the framework of the episode. So, the bits that joined all the mm-hmm. public domain things. I don't actually have a lot to say on this. This episode They're, was really thin. Yeah, they didn't have a lot of mm. setup. It's like, oh, I'm going through the mail. Homer, you have overdue books. Oh, um, and then something about the OJ thing. Of course he didn't. Wait, those monologues on Jay Leno. What? Yeah, that was odd. Yeah, Homer's sudden realisation that, that OJ Simpson is probably responsible for what where did that come from was this a thing in 2002 you said this was released yeah was that like the first wave of the zeitgeist of oh my god OJ did it surely not no I think it was was immediately after he was uh, exonerated people like no yeah it was a very 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 odd it shows its age then and especially now well yeah it was an old reference when it was made and yeah his whole thing about uh, reading the book I was going to read the car manual or something I I got classics for children I was going to read to buy it every night Eh, stuff kept coming up yeah they mentioned the Homer's Odyssey and then they make a joke about the Odyssey the car and I kind of like that I think I just wasn't expecting it yeah Yeah. I was I was on board with that also I thought it was interesting that he because the initial Honda Odyssey was much more like a people mover minivan Mm. whereas now they're like a low sleek wagon and so when he said oh is this about that minivan that I rented I was like huh that joke doesn't really fly anymore because they've redesigned that car wow I liked it when you just said oh Homer's Odyssey is about that about the minivan but then they went back for the second bite where he has the photo of the minivan and Bart's like I remember it too. It's like, yeah. Talking about all the different size coin slots for every single coin. Yeah, I think we all, we got the laugh from the minivan reference, but then after that, I was like, nah, don't don't go back for the other mm, bite. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'm surprised they didn't make a reference to the Simpsons episode, Homer's Odyssey, which is probably my least favorite episode of the entire classic era, save for clip shows. <laughs> so speaking of which, the Odyssey as well. So yeah, it starts out, Ned is the... Uh, 
what did they call him? Sorry, I'm not really good with history or theology or anything that doesn't reference pop culture outside the 1970s. So, <laughs> well, okay. I mean, to put it in terms you may understand, Ned was the Cindy Lauper of this episode, <laughs> and he just want to have fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I kind of liked how they worked in his character. It's like, oh, we got you a Trojan horse. Uh, do you have one of those? And they the look cat. back, got the cat, the donkey, and three horses. Mm, not from you. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of funny. That was not bad. But I mean, what are some other moments from this segment that stuck out to you guys? There's a weird bit where, okay, Ned's character goes, now when people get wood, they'll think Trojan. And then it cuts to Homer laughing. Mm, yeah. Like, Dad, what are you laughing? He's like, oh, if I'm laughing at what I think I'm laughing at, it's very funny. Which is like a really kind of self-congratulatory joke. Yeah. And that was kind of my problem with it. It's like, get it? Yeah, totally. It was very much like not only did the writers high five themselves in the room, yeah, they decided to high five themselves in the episode as well. Yeah. yeah, it's fucking like that moment in the shitty new Ricky Gervais stand-up special where he goes, "Now that is a really clever joke, and let me tell you why." Good Ricky Gervais. Are you offended? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hated that new stand-up special. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I mean, I might just get you to record this, <laughs> Do the whole to, to re-record it for me. R- Ricky Gervais. As read by Elliot Chu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll sync it up with the DVD. It'll be great. Yep. <laughs> so this is going to be a common theme for all of these, but yeah, I genuinely found this section pretty boring, even though it like moved through things pretty quickly. Mm. Yeah, I think nothing really worked for parody. Like the closest you get is the sirens end up being Patty and Selma. Patty. Yeah, which one of the things that I find confusing about my take on whether or not Mm -hmm. I like this episode was, in theory, I enjoy comedy that makes very specific references to history. It's something that, I don't know if you guys know Eddie Izzard. Eddie Izzard, yeah, he he does a lot of like, here's a historical thing and I'm going to dance around it and make jokes. Yeah, he does a good one on Hamlet crossing the Alps. Uh, Hamlet? No, I've got the name wrong there. Yeah. I know the one you mean. Hannibal. 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 Yeah. 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 Crossing the Alps on elephants. Yeah. yeah. It's like elephants. Like very bit large upside down squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to run some skis. Oh no, fresh out of skis. Just sold the last one to some people. I've got elephants though. Um, yeah, no, but see, like all of that stuff, like Hannibal did go over the Alps on mm. elephants. Oh, yeah. And one of the things I like about it is that it's just, here's the history of what happened and now watch how weird we make it. Whereas the sirens aren't, the joke is oh, well, the sirens are meant to be attractive and look, we've got Patty and Selma. Mm. I would have preferred it if it was not so many levels of buried under its yeah. own its own weirdness. I would have preferred it if it was just slightly more straightforward. Well, yeah. it also led up to it with this really long song that was like a take on the love boat. And yeah. the only good line was, we'll sex you up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was just meh. And so when they're doing the Greek gods and like Quimby is Zeus and Sea Captain is Poseidon, was that like Barney playing Hades then? Uh, no, I think it's Dionysus. Oh, okay. Or Dionysus. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Yeah, because that's the party god, right? Yeah, god of wine and getting down. Oh, sure. okay, because I knew Hades was Zeus's brother or some shit. Yeah, yeah it's like, they do have a good reference where he's like, what happened to the cool Zeus used to turn into cows and pick up chicks? Because <laughs> Zeus used to do that a bunch, turn into animals and bang ladies. Wasn't there a god that turned into a swan? Yeah. And fuck, I, have you seen the statue of that, by the I've way? I've seen the painting, actually. I haven't seen the statue. Oh, no, there's a marble statue somewhere about old mate coming down as a swan and having his way with a lady. I'm trying to think if it's Zeus or it's someone else, but... Yeah, I don't think it's Zeus off the top yeah. of my head. But the statues, like, as you walk around it, it goes from being, like, mostly man to, like, mostly animal. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Greek mythology really got weird in the HD era. Oh, man, it, got, <laughs> it was born weird. <laughs> the heady Dionysian era. <laughs> so, yeah, most of my notes are just boring things that I really wasn't that crash hot about. Is it vase or vase? And 
There was a good appearance from Disco Stew, though. Disco Stew, yeah. Disco, Disco Stew. Disco Stew. He had Uzo for Tuzo. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed the appearance of Disco Stew a lot. And then he says, yeah, I've got Uzo for Tuzo. And Bart's like, mum, stay away from this guy. And then he's like, no, I meant you. And points at Bart. And I was oh, like... Oh, I forgot it got ruined. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, oh, I don't, I don't like... Disco Stew offering Uzo to 10-year-old little party boy. No. I mean, even in ancient Greece, that still seems weird. I don't know if it was too weird for ancient Greece. Like, <laughs> they were kind of okay with that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Don't want to go too heavily into that, but uh, it wasn't really a big issue back then. Yeah, it's just amazing that they still managed to make a boring episode. I guess it just didn't feel like it had an arc, even though it was like yeah. the story of uh, Homer trying to make his way back to Ithaca. Yeah, it's a fair point. Even though it's based off of you know a very epic tale, it really didn't feel like there was an arc or anything is, interesting. Is, is part of the issue, like, isn't the Odyssey like 700 pages or something? Yeah, it's pretty massive. And so to take that and condense it down into one third of a 21-minute episode. So a seven-minute episode, 100 pages per minute. Yeah. <laughs> but you could at least like make some choice picks get something that's a bit more structured or feels a bit more like a progression. And maybe if Siren Island had been a quicker mm, yeah, joke, exactly. like, yeah. like sailing straight past instead of sailing towards it. Yeah, well, the parts that they did spend a bit of time on, like all the guys turning into pigs and then Homer eating them, that just dragged. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was weird. Oh, I've been eating my friends. Yeah, I've been telling you for an hour. Oh, that tone comes up so... I'd forgotten how the early 2000s sounded. <laughs> well, uh, I've been telling you that for an hour. <laughs> yep. Fuck. Fuck I, you, early oh, aughts. It was... Uh, what? Early aughts. aughts. Oh, yeah. right. I thought you were talking about yourself in the third person. <laughs> but <laughs> but like, like a different pronunciation. It's Elliot and there's early aughts. Yeah, yeah. That, that's my uh, Celtic yeah. pronunciation. Eliot. Eliot, je on It sounds very regal when you say Yeah, it does. Now I'm Eliot, je on Yeah, it's just after the, like, you know, whatever phase in the mm. early aughts. Yes. Oh, at what stage does The Simpsons lean heavily into too much information? Oh. Yeah. yeah, it's very much that hello kind of voice. Yeah. yeah. Right. So anything else you want to mention about this section? Two things I'd like to mention. Yep. When Homer gets back to Marge uh, and there are, what, four or five suitors there? There's Krusty, yep. there's, mm-hmm. there's Mr. Burns. There's Mr. Burns' Millhouse's dad, I think. Yeah. They're all there trying to win Marge's affection. Yep. Uh, Homer comes in, picks up a huge spear and sp- Spears all five of them in a row yep. to the wall. Now, mm-hmm. when, when we were having breakfast, I mentioned javelin throwers. Yep. And we came up with the word javelinier, which may or may not be correct. <laughs> no, no, it's correct now. And I was very, very pleased when Homer threw that spear. And I just went, fuck, I could use the word javelinier in this podcast. <laughs> so I decided to do that in a very meta way. How it could come up. So that was actually on a recorded episode of the Adelol podcast, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if anyone hasn't listened to Adelol, A-D-E-L-O-L, they are some pod friends of ours. They did a wonderful live episode at the Fringe about Reg Spears, a a javelinier who posted himself. Wait, wait, to... wait! I, I just made that connection <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, <laughs> isn't it good? Isn't it good? Reg Spears, Reg Spears. javelins. It's the perfect rove name. Reg Spears. <laughs> mm, I bet he does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, what the? I'm gonna say I'm 90% certain now he's gonna be the next Marvel character. <laughs> Reg, Reg Spears. Spears, the javelinier. <laughs> <laughs> Reg Spears is the javelinier. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I didn't like is 
After returning from 20-something years away, Homer comes back. Marge says one thing, and then he's like, will you stop suffocating me? I'm off to Moe's. Yeah. Problem is, he's already eaten Moe. Because yeah. Moe turned into a pig, and Homer ate him. And so, I really wanted like, a port of that kind of name, like Moethicus or something. You know, Moethicus. something that so we know, but it's given a bit more context. Perhaps Moesha. <laughs> the the mid nineties sitcom by Brandy. <laughs> wow, throwback. Right. That is quite the throw. <laughs> the other bit I hated was the oh you got to cross the river sticks. Ah uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, does anyone remember sticks? Yeah, <laughs> they're a hair metal band, right? Yeah, yeah, and they're terrible. So anything else we'll say about this section before we move on, PT? The Odyssey is not a children's story. Yeah. I'm going to say that a few more times this episode. Yeah, yeah, because that was the framework that he was reading out of yeah. a children's book. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. fuck. <laughs> all right, so if you were to rank this section and this section alone, what would you give it? I don't think it's awful, but I think it's pretty forgettable. Maybe a participant, maybe a... No, I, th- I think talking about it, just some structure. The fact that I completely forgot they went to the River Styx because yeah. it was such a lame joke and it had nothing to do with anything. I'm going to participate because th- it's just so forgettable. Yeah, even a joke that shits on sticks can't save this episode. Yeah, participant. Yeah, and from... To be fair, that sticks bit looked nice. All the skeletons <laughs> yeah. rocking out. That was cool. What about you, Nick? Shits on sticks is the, <laughs> is, is, is the most, that's the most horrifying variation of pickup sticks I've ever heard of. There's something very Australian about it. Ah, shits on sticks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is the, because it's been a while since I've been on um, been a while. The Sims. <laughs> Very good. You got stained. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, oh, with the shit on the stick. <laughs> um, Sorry, man. It, it's been a while since I've been on the Simpsons Index. Is the distinction between bronze and participant whether or not you would watch it again? Yes. Okay, participant. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to watch that first segment ever again. Mm. Nope. So we'll now move on to the second segment. So the Joan of Arc. And Marge in the framework makes a reference to Joan Van Arc. Why isn't it never Joan Van Arc? What yeah. was this all about? So Nick? I did some Googling because I had no idea who Joan Van Arc is. So she's an American actress. She's done a few things. She's done like some Broadway stuff. She was on Young and the Restless for a bit. She was on a couple of episodes of Dallas. Oh, but, okay. But interestingly, she did a few voices in Fallout 4. Oh, nice. She did Bonnie Tornquist and Phyllis Daly in Fallout 4. I've never played Fallout 4, so I don't know who the hell those characters are. I don't remember are. those people, but, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I imagine they were incidental. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, same yeah there you go. Joan Van Ark. Good shout out. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> now, along with Stephen Bosco, it's just the weirdest shout-outs to people that would last expect it. Stephen Bosco, the guy that invented the chocolate sauce that George Costanza really likes. <laughs> yeah. It's Bosco. Bosco. <laughs> You'll always return to your chocolatey master. <laughs> the chocolatey master of your domain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cross-referencing, nice. So just while I'm mentioning that anyway, yeah, they do a shout-out to Stephen Bosco for being a good writer, and he's just a guy that wrote for NYPD Blue, and then when he saw this come up on The Simpsons, he got really chuffed and sent them all a bunch of NYPD Blue gear. Right. Did they get the same sweet swag when they did the NYPD shoe joke? <laughs> <laughs> what about Mad About Shoe? Oh. <laughs> it's basically the same bit. What were some things you guys liked from this segment? Okay, the very first part I want to bring up, uh, Marge is like, where's your sister Joan? Morning bells are ringing. Morning bells are ringing. I'm like, what the fuck? So I looked it up. That's the English translation of Frere Jaca. Dormez-vous, dormez-vous. Oh. It's like, why and how would anyone know that? Like, you learn that song when you're doing French class in year seven. Oh, so, I thought there must have been something about Joan of Arc's mother being insane or something that they were alluding to. Yeah, no, it's reference to a song no one knows the English translation of. That's so, weird. thanks, Simpsons. One of the highlights of this segment for me was actually God's participation in it. Yeah. He had, like, a really good line, Yeah, I can see, I have three eyes. Which is wrong, according to the Dead Sea Scrolls, God has seven eyes. Oh, really? Look really? 
<laughs> Theology, it gets fucking weird. Did the Dead Sea Scrolls confirm how many thighs he had, though? <laughs> no, they just said they were thick. Yeah. <laughs> With five Cs. Oh, oh, so that's the meaning you need to cross the seven seas. Yeah. Like. <laughs> but a bit I did like was Bart going, Oh, Joan, I'm God. Give me your dessert. And then God coming in, No, Joan, give me your dessert. <laughs> I, I will say I liked God in this one. He's pretty yeah. good. And, yeah. oh, this is going straight to my five thighs. Which then made me think, Frying open my five, five thighs. thighs. <laughs> Kinky. Had to get there. Speaking of God's involvement, I enjoy that uh, Willie... Describes God as a two-timing spot of light. <laughs> very, very good. Yeah. So what, what are some other things about this segment that stuck out to you guys? I do really like the overly Englishness of the English army. Oh, Where, yeah. Like when Joan first climbs up the parapet and he's like, hello, hello, what's this then? <laughs> oh, I've been stabbed. <laughs> it's a bird with a little knife. <laughs> or when they get uh, shot with an arrow, it's like, oh, my word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're invading again. I thought we had a truce. But just because you keep saying it does not make it so. <laughs> yeah. When she's on trial, I'm like, my only witness is almighty God, though. Doors of light open and Mole Man walks out with this long crook. Which uh, he yeah. just uses it to open the skylight. I yeah, that's a good bit. Yeah, good deception. I didn't like anything with, though with Millhouse, King Millhouse. Nah, no. The only note I've got for that is his very trendy haircut. Oh, uh, yeah. So he's got a bowl cut that's also a shaved mm. undercut, but the bowl stops above his ears. So it's a really short shaved undercut. And my first thought was, oh, Formula One driver Sebastian Vettel has exactly that hairstyle now. Oh, Doesn't make it good. But, mm. but everything's coming up, Vettel. But every- <laughs> <laughs> uh, was it- Sorry, no. No, no. That was the other bit I liked. Is you two turned into the fucking English army then, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, no, after, <laughs> after God, you. But I insist. <laughs> I insist. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I do also like God's speedy exit when he's like, comes in and says, like, oh, and then we just leave it. Oh, oh okay. I didn't notice that. That's <laughs> and he, good. he closes the skylight behind yeah. him on the way out. Yeah, very like, nice touch. Just get a get out of here. I feel like I've actually hit all my notes for this section. Uh, the only note I had left was when we come back out of it, and they're like, "Ah, uh, how did that end?" And Marge is like, "Oh, you know, Joan was saved to last second by Sir Lancelot. They all lived happily ever after." Then eats the page and says, "Well, it was easier to eat in that Bambi video." Yeah, I enjoyed that line. I don't like when Marge starts going in that character direction, though. When Marge starts going from very concerned, diligent mm. mother yeah. to complete sanitizer of all things bad. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because at the end of the day, if you're living with Homer, you can't be a complete sanitizer of all no. things bad. It's a little bit like, I think you guys have mentioned before, that Skinner used to have a lot mm. more depth and personality, but now he's just a punchline for jokes about his mum. Yeah. yeah. And Marge has... <laughs> Marge used to have a lot more depth, but is now just um, she, she's becoming more and more one-dimensionally satisfied. Sorry, sorry for giggling, <laughs> listeners at home. I Not- got my headphone cord caught in my sketches. Yeah, yeah. Like in the grooves in your shoe. Yeah. And I'm just watching. Like, how is that it was, that stuck? That was amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. That was actually a really good point. Yeah. Uh, basically, they've been making Marge more and more one-dimensional, and I think this is kind of the era that it started. Yeah, well, no, I that's so. it. All right, so if you're going to rank the Joan of Arc segment and just the Joan of Arc segment, what would you rank it? I'd give it a bronze. Yeah, I'd give it a shiny bronze. Yeah. I'm on a bronze as well. Yeah, definitely the strongest of the three, which brings us to Hamlet. My first thing about Hamlet is that it reminded me of something that happened in a year 10 English lesson that I still oh, yeah. laugh about to this day. Excellent. Oh, yeah. Year 10 English, one of the first couple of weeks, we had this teacher who was lovely but a bit vacant, and she was giving us the different options of, you know, okay, well, here are the texts that we can choose. Does anyone have a preference about what we're going to do? And she was counting them out on her fingers, the three different options, and rather than doing kind of 
palm towards the children, counting mm-hmm. out like that. Uh, she was doing oh wow, back of the hand towards the children, and she was like, oh well, we could do you know Romeo and Juliet, and that was on the the index finger. We could do Hamlet on the middle finger, or this other one. And then she, so she's just giving a classroom of Year Ten <laughs> students the finger, saying, but I think Hamlet's the best. All right, yeah. I think, and it stuck with me forever. This like delicate, dainty old lady English teacher <laughs> giving a class of fifteen year olds the middle finger, saying, I think Hamlet's the best. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm going to think that every time I see Hamlet. From oh, it's like, oh, yeah, Hamlet! Yeah. <laughs> Just for the listeners so they can imagine it, we're currently sitting in my hotel room at the Ridges World Square, and for a moment there, there were three grown men sitting in a hotel room giving each other the finger. <laughs> yeah, like, Hamlet! <laughs> Hamlet! <laughs> my first note about this is a pedantic linguistic note. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bart is sleeping in his bed, and above it there is a poster that says, Danes do it melancholy. Yeah. I don't feel like that's a correct use of the word melancholy. If they're saying that Danes do it and the phrase do it is being modified by the adverb melancholy, I think it needs to be Danes do it melancholically. Yeah. Is that a word? Melancholically, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I feel like it might be, but it's one of those things where I don't know what percentage of your audience is American, and I'm sorry for the people I'm about to slag, but I feel, <laughs> Vast majority. I feel like Americans have a very interesting relationship with adverbs in that mm-hmm. they don't use them in accordance with English rules for using adverbs. And I think that's a perfect example where they go, oh, yeah, that ends in L-Y. That's probably an adverb. It's not, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did not notice that. Mm. <laughs> Thank you for subbing in for Jordan on this one. Next anal corner. Next anal corner. <laughs> and I'm trying to get a kind of linguistics joke in there. Kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of linguistics. You come and go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we got there. Boy, George. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> yep, just got to so, reorganize yeah. after that series of slam dunks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're the 90s bulls right now. (laughs) One of the jokes that was really weird was, I think it was Krusty doing stand-up, and one thing you notice about Vikings, they always burn and pillage. and (laughs) Yeah, a nice Jeff Foxworthy redneck reference. And then, yeah, the Viking in the crowd burns a table, which was funny, and then he steals the two women, which was awkward. Yeah, that was a bit weird. I do like his first line of, huh, well, that's what I get for sitting in the front row. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was on board with that. Yeah. I wasn't necessarily on board with him abducting. This section was weird. Like, they were just sort of doing, like, what if stuff we do now was then, joke, like, the stand-up, and then he's doing, like, the improv session as well. I will say I do like the improv bit, because yeah. in Hamlet itself, he organizes a whole play to kind of expose yeah. the king, but in this, they're doing it as, like, a dinner theater improv. I kind of like that translation. Yeah, yeah. Need a location, need a job. And- yeah. Usurper of the throne. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't bad. As a way of getting to the play, I think it's a nice little shortcut mm, yeah, rather yeah. than have Bart have to sit down and, you know... Yeah, plan it all out. Write a play. Yeah. Yeah, uh, what about the whole thing with Homer's ghost and informing him and everything? Dragged on a little bit too much. Yeah, mm. it's too much avenge jokes. Yeah, and then leaves you'll need a sweater. Mm. I feel like that kind of joke has been done so many times because they're trying mm. to recapture the glory days of in the yep. den may god have mercy on us all <laughs> definitely and it's like oh what if and, we just oh crap 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, what if we just keep getting characters to repeat certain phrases until one day they become funny? It's yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know that that's how that joke works. That's right. I, mean, I do like Homer flying through the wall and leaving the Slimer imprint. That was all right. Ah, uh, mm. yes. And we'll get back to more on oh. Slimer in a oh, bit. Oh, will we ever. I didn't realize that was a call forward. Yeah. yeah, cool. Still doesn't help it. But, uh, no. <laughs> at this point, I liked it. So. so I hated when Bart was like, you weren't meant to hear that. It's a soliloquy. It's a little, yeah. little quee. Yeah, that's that's like a. Is this meant to be thought of as a play, or is this meant to be thought of as like a recreation or a start? I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. Mm. So, anything else you want to mention about this section? I think my favorite bit was Ralph. <laughs> Ralph was pretty funny. Ralph was good. He gets one practice stab. Straighten into himself. I have a few things to mention. Uh, yeah. I thought they were going to use Lisa to do a reference to one of the only paintings that I know. Yeah. Yeah. Ophelia. And I bet you're thinking of the same Ophelia. Mm-hmm. Do you know the Ophelia painting that I'm talking about? I do not know the Ophelia uh, painting. I pulled this up. There's a famous by John William Murray, I think it is. Millay. Yeah. It's it's a genuinely beautiful painting. Look it at is. that people at home. Oh wait, hang on. Yeah, while you're loading, um, oh, that was God. I was bringing that up as one of my negative points. Is like, yep. Well, no one out crazes Ophelia, and it's been, been a very long time since I read or watched the play. But mm. she does kind of go. But she goes, goes here that she just goes mental in the most boring way possible. Just nanny nanny, yeah. hey nanny nanny nanny, jump out a window. It's okay. actually weird. I remember liking this bit as a kid, but oh, that one. Yeah. They do a visual reference to that in Nick Cave and Kylie Minogue's Where the Wild Roses Grow. Oh, okay, sure. John Everett Millay, his painting of Ophelia is really nice and then we see Lisa does as you pointed out the mm. shittest breakdown of all yeah. time she jumps out of a window we hear her land in a river and oh, they d- and they, they don't, don't cut to the, to the famous thing of her yeah like oh that felt like a wasted opportunity to me oh well on the one hand maybe they don't want to show that she would drown as an actual corpse but also everyone in this episode dies and the yeah. implication is that she fell into a river and we don't see her getting you out know of what? it so. if you want to play it safe cut to her lying in the river in that photo but it's only like up to her ears She's like huh i thought this moat was deeper mm. yes there we go oh, yeah. totally well, it's actually interesting. On the DVD commentary, they were saying that, especially when, like, Joan of Arc Lisa in this episode was getting burned at the stake, they didn't want to, like, see her getting mutilated because one of the showrunners said, yeah, you never want to see the most familiar characters in The Simpsons getting mutilated because that's disturbing. Mm. But let's go to another scene of Bart being strangled by his yeah. dad. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> yep. Um, I, and, yeah, because they used the reference of the episode where Bart gets the bigger brother. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, you know that scene where Homer's face melts. <sighs> yeah, yeah, because apparently like people called up and complained. That did about freak that. me out as a kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How about a hog? Yeah. Is that the same scene where Homer gets bent backwards over the fire hydrant? S- same episode, but or on the same spi- scene. Spine breaks in half. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is even more painful than it looks. <laughs> so, anything else about this section? Rose and Carl and Gildan Lenny. What's that? Rosenkarl oh. and Gildan Lenny. Yeah, as opposed to Rosencrantz and Gildenstern. Oh. <laughs> this yeah. character's from the thing. But I like the port of it, so. Yeah. What, the high five poison bit? I mean, no, that part wasn't good. But I like the names. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I totally missed that. Again, I need to study history. This is Shakespeare, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was a historian. <laughs> hey, Elliot. Yeah. Hamlet's the best. <laughs> Hamlet. Hamlet, all you guys. <laughs> oh, BT with the double Hamlets. <laughs> <laughs> double the Hamlet. So I was driving down the highway and this ghost tailgating me. So I just stuck my hand yeah, out the window and gave, gave, him a, gave him a couple of big old Hamlets, mate. <laughs> What's that? Oh, that was just me doing a weird voice. Oh, cool, cool. I just want to change Hamlet to like a ham omelette. 
Mm. <laughs> I'll have a couple of hamlets, thanks. Speaking of recipe index, can I do an opportunistic plug for an upcoming no, episode it. of my podcast? Opportunistic plug. Corner. <laughs> the podcast that I'm on, Pods in the Key of Springfield, we have a series of episodes called Eat My Shorts in which mm-hmm. we look at things that are tangentially related to the Simpsons universe that are not episodes. Yep. We're doing an episode where we are going to cook and eat the Good Morning Burger. No oh, wow. shit. Yeah, the one that has like... Literally like 500 grams yeah. of beef and yep. bacon and a ham steak and a fried egg all soaked in rich creamery butter. Rich creamery butter. So, Lisa, that's a big pile of rich creamery butter. <laughs> so I think our plan is to release that episode and then check ourselves immediately into a hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, got yeah. it. Like hearing after you guys, because one of the Eat My Shorts was a Butterfingers reaction when yeah. you guys ate Butterfingers. And yeah. and that was just a chocolate bar and it was yeah. still the worst I've ever felt in my life. I can't <laughs> wait to see what the Good Morning Burger is going to yeah. do to me. I can actually say from, uh, not from experience, but having viewed someone else's experience, do not try uh, Home Simpson Space Age Out of This World Moon Waffles. Oh, the oh, Moon yeah. Waffles. Because they're someone who's tried it and they just destroyed their waffle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, yeah, there's a yeah, clip yeah. of them in the end just chiseling it, trying to get the caramel out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. And also, I can't wait till you do the 64 Slices of American <laughs> Cheese podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, any final notes about the Hamlet section? Uh, Hamlet is on a children's story. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And you know the fix they could have had for that? Instead of doing it as a book of children's stories, Mm -hmm. it very easily could have been, hey, watch this book. And then the book says stories for, you know, young adults or teens or something. And it's like, oh, well, this is a book that we just put aside waiting for you guys to go, well, what the hey, let's read through it now. Yeah. Yeah. And that could have circumvented the whole not a children's story thing. Yeah, it's just it's just odd they yeah, use the framework of children's stories and then none of them were. No. And for an episode where they were literally padding like with the long intro and mm-hmm. extended sequences, this episode could have used like some more elaborate framework, I reckon. Mm. The other note I just wanted to mention was I actually really liked the line from Wiggum as like, why were you hiding behind a curtain? Because I'm afraid of getting stabbed. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. Anything else about this section you want to mention? Uh, nope, just the horrific ending. Yep. Oh, yeah, where everybody kills themselves. Nope, keep going. Oh, no, and, and, then, I mean, and Marge is like, well, I'm not cleaning this up. And then she just knocks herself with a bommy knocker. Uh, good use of bommy knocker. Yep. Um, hey, someone else knows that word. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, I meant the horrific ending of the episode, not of the vignette. But, oh, the ending of the framework. I'm skipping ahead. Ending of the framework definitely sounds like a band I would have seen in 2005. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. They do this fucking weird Ghostbusters ending. I don't even know how they set it up. They go, oh, well, son, Hamlet was then turned into a movie called Ghostbusters. Like, what? And they're all dancing. And then a solid, like, 30, 40 seconds of the theme song from Ghostbusters playing while the characters just dance without saying any more words. Yeah. Yeah, they did the first four bars, and I'm like, okay, roll the credits. Oh, okay, another four bars. Here, okay, here we go. Yeah, you know, you've already paid for the licensing of the theme, so play it over the credits. Oh, no, we're just going to sit here and watch them dance. I was about to bring that up as a really weird point, that this is, you know, referencing public domain in its title and and ends with something they would have had to pay for. Fuck, that (laughs) is a good point. BT's Good Point Corner. (laughs) (laughs) BT's Good Point Corner. (laughs) Oh, that's weird. Why wouldn't they end it with just a public... uh, Oh, that's so fucking frustrating. right. Mm -hmm. All right, so um, if you were to rank this section and this section alone, what would you give it? Uh, uh, I'm on either a dull bronze or a shiny participant. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit better than the first one, but not as good as the second. But I like some of the jokes, but it's not great. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm gonna say bronze. I might watch this bit again. I'm not gonna watch the first section again. Yeah, second and thirds maybe. 
Mm. Yes or no, would you watch this episode again? Um, uh, Probably, n- I won't seek it, but if it's on, I'll sit. Yeah? I said yes to two sections, no to one. So I think majority rules, yes. But <laughs> ideally, I'd come in at the second ad break yeah. if yeah. it was on TV. And then be like, oh, I'll watch the rest of this. Yeah, I'm, mm. I concur with that. Well, what would you change about this episode? Oh, I mean, there are so many things. I think the first section, as we mentioned, needs to drill down on a few more of the stories because it yep. feels kind of artless and directionless. Yeah, it feels like a Cliff Notes on uh, the Odyssey. It yeah. really does. They need to do a visual reference to Lisa in the Ophelia uh, Malay painting, <laughs> and they need to get rid of vibrating footstool. I mean, those <laughs> are those are the three things that might save the episode for me. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think that kind of covers everything I would change, if not like switching out another vignette entirely. Yeah. Um, to one that was actually, if there was one vignette that was genuinely a children's story, yeah. would you then give the other two a pass? No. It would still be weird that they were there. <laughs> yeah, and it actually would probably it would make be that weirder. weirder. Yeah, because at least maybe this is yeah. like written at a time like in the 50s when children's stories did involve a whole bunch of murder. Sure, sure, but, sure. And just as a quick side, because I find this fascinating, is that Night of the Living Dead is actually public domain because they fucked up the copyright. Oh, really? Yeah. That's fun. So it was something like, if my memory serves, when they were filming it, it was going to be called Night of the Zombie Flesh Eaters, but the studio was worried that that would encroach on an existing film called Zombie Flesh Eaters, so they made them change it, but the name on the prints of the film wasn't changed so what they oh. cop the name they copyrighted was not the name oh, copyrighted fuck. on the film <laughs> that's really cool yeah so you can we all legally own night of the living dead which is why it shows up in the backgrounds of a lot of movies because right, it's free oh it's in the big sick as well yeah oh clever because clever boys can. that's fun so you know what i would really enjoy watching a simpsons riff on that it's more of a halloween thing but who cares it's they enabled this stories in the public domain or whatever mm. so yeah, and yeah. that sort of comes to what I'd like to change about this episode because this episode has a real big feeling of lazy writing to me. It reminded me as a kid of all those like Warner Brothers cartoons that would just divert and do a history story for an episode. Mm. And Yeah, this one feels super lazy like that. I need to clarify that you're not lumping in What's Opera Doc into that. Because <laughs> no. What's Opera Doc no. is one of the that best... Is high culture. One of the best cartoon moments ever. Definitely. The Return My Love song is... I've wanted to do a punk cover of that song for so long. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the one that Fudd sings yep. to... to but yeah, it's, oh, it's so cool. Just wanted to make sure that that wasn't caught up in your filter of Warner Brothers doing historical things. But yeah. it's not, so that's cool. No, actually, you're reminding me. I do want to go back and check out some of the like iconic Warner Brothers cartoons because I imagine a lot of them don't hold up anymore. But there's a great one with because I've got like a Blu-ray collection of heaps, and I'm not going to say it's complete. But, yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, well, oh, no, I've got too many anecdotes to tell. <laughs> um, uh, Nick's anecdote corner. You got um, a three stooges anecdote syndrome with all. Move it, Charlie. Exactly. Well, oh, the Blu-ray thing. Oh, there's a Elmer and Daffy episode called Boobs in the Woods. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And I think it's the old school meaning of the word boob just meaning idiot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is odd that that's a word that we decided to appropriate for breasts. But yeah. anyway. Oh, look at those sweet pair of idiots. You know what? why? Why? Because capital B O O B is the three angles of yeah. boob. Yep. Yes, I did know that. Uh, <laughs> top down, front on, side on. Yeah. Yep. Uh, like bed. 
Mm. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Lowercase bed looks like a bed. Um, anyway, what? Uh, yeah, boobs in the woods. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> boobs in the woods. Boobs oh, in the woods. The other anecdote, which was three stooging its way out of my head, was that I once went to. Um, I was in one of those like two dollar shop, reject shop, cheapest mm-hmm. chips type places, and for two dollars, I bought a Looney Tunes DVD collection that had one of the banned Nazi episodes. Oh, on really? On it. Yeah, and there's what like Daffy dressing up as Hitler and Mm. doing like oh what is it he does a Nazi salute and then like a bunch of skunks walk past and release their gas all over him and stuff. (laughs) Ooh, (laughs) I I find it weird they got banned because they're making fun of Hitler. So surely making fun of him is okay. Yeah, I I think the big problem because the uh, episode was littered with swastikas. Like yeah, I I guess it needs to be contextualized properly, but still, it's just it weirds me out anytime that. Something that casts it on a negative light is thought to be pro. It's like when uh, parents got up in arms about like Wolfenstein. It's like yeah. when they're like, oh, Doom is so Satanistic. It's like, you spend the entire time killing demons. Yeah. How is this a problem? So, yeah, that's what I'd change about this episode. <laughs> More, More swastikas. <laughs> <laughs> Problematic corner. <laughs> so, last question, play count. How many times before today oh. do you think you've seen this episode? Three exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably three or four. Yeah, yeah. I I've, I feel like I've seen this a bunch, maybe five or ten times. But like, well, which I is actually... it? Five or ten? It's a big <laughs> difference. Yeah, especially when you like, if, if you'd said twenty-five to thirty, relatively the difference is not that big. But five <laughs> to ten, that's an enormous difference. It's either one or double that amount. <laughs> it's either X or two X. <laughs> v or X? What? Roman numerals. Oh, very good. That's very good. (laughs) Yay, I know numbers. All right, guys, it is time to rank this thing. Nick, kick it off. On the basis that I went uh, participant shiny bronze and bronze, I'm going to say that equals out to a bronze for me. Yeah? Yeah, which is, to be honest, slightly higher than what I felt like at the start of the recording. I thought this thing was going to participate, but going through the... I guess I didn't take the... The interstitials into account, the framework. I'm not a huge fan of the framework. Is that enough to drag it down beyond a bronze? I don't think so. I think it's going to dull bronze for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going a participant, and I sort of realised this about, I don't know, yeah, about the start of Hamlet. Wow, I'm actually kind of bored with this episode. Mm. Mm. Like, I found my mind was wandering. I, th- I feel like we've mentioned a lot of the good bits and given it a good chance that we could, but... I am leaving out a lot of the bits that was just like, uh, and like definitely not enough to make it a fail. Like I would err on bronze if something had been stronger, but yeah, just didn't cut it for me. How about you, BT? Finish us off. Yeah, I kind of figure it out because I had like a participant bronze and then kind of a midway. I was not really sure when I was landing on that last one. I just kind of think, yeah, the framework does drag it down a lot for me. So I'm going to go participant, mostly because if God's the funniest part of your show, you may need to rethink some things. <laughs> just, he's not typically known as a comedian. Yeah. Um, I mean, he couldn't even do a tight five. He could only bring it down to ten. Yeah. It's just <laughs> a commandments joke. <laughs> tight V. Um, <laughs> tight X. Come on. <laughs> All right, so this will average out into being a shiny participant, which really feels right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. This will be joining other such episodes as Simpson Safari when they go to Africa, A Star is Torn when Lisa does like an American Idol style show, a Marge Gamer when she gets addicted to World of Warcraft, Scorpion's Tale, which we reviewed recently with mm-hmm. Jordan, which I liked a lot more than you, Beach. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> but it had Warner Herzog. 
Yeah, oh, Warney just... Hedgehog. <laughs> Warney Hedgehog. Wow, the Sonic <laughs> series has really changed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even recognize it anymore. Bernie the Hedgehog. You have to go fast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and, and get me the chili dogs. <laughs> All right, guys. I think that does it for our vignette. Yes. Stay tuned and we'll see who our next guest is when we do. Yeah. I can't wait. And I might go have a salad for lunch with a balsamic vignette. Ooh. <laughs> you can get out now. <laughs> All <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but it's my hotel room. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, of course, Nick, thank you for joining us today. And Thanks, all our man. fans out there, check out Pods in the Key of Springfield. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to be on the Index. No worries. Yeah, you can check them out on episode 66 of the Index, I believe. Yeah. And also, I made an appearance on one of the Eat My Shorts. Yep, Eat My Shorts uh, 7, I think it was. The one where we do the real lives of the Baseballers in Talking Softball. Which was so many criminal records. <laughs> I know. It was astonishing what terrible people they are. All right, guys. Um, we'll be back. That's part of the mustard in the house. <laughs> <laughs>And we are back for our final review of Vignettes of Vignettes, all vignette special, where we just watched Season 22, Episode 8, The Fight Before Christmas. First released in December of 2010, it was directed by Bob Anderson and Matthew Schofield, written by Dan Castellaneta and Deb LaCousta. And in this episode, so yes, it's a vignette episode, we got three, uh, four stories actually in this one, and they're all about Christmas. Guys, what did you think? Uh, It was pretty average, like, you know, forgettable, until one unforgettable moment that will (laughs) haunt all the Christmases to come, which we'll get to. Before we actually get into the episode, can I just ask, is there any connection between the two writers, Elliot? Oh, yes. So this is Dan Castellaneta, as you might know, is the voice of Homer and many other Simpsons characters. And Deb LaCousta is his wife. And they've written some of my fucking least favorite episodes. Mm. (laughs) Is she a writer in her own right? You know, Jordan, I'm always impressed at your ability to ask excellent questions (laughs) that I never have the answers for. Yeah. And what's the capital of Tunisia? Tunis. I'm pretty sure that's right. I don't know if that is right, but I really would love it to be right. I'm not prepared for this question, but as far as I can tell, she has only written Simpsons. I'm just looking up her IMDb. She's been an actress in a few things. Oh, she was on the Tracy Ullman show. Okay. All right. As various. I wonder if that's where they met. I know. That'd be kind of cute. I like to think Simpsons writing saves their marriage. Which is why we can accept their terrible episodes. Do you reckon they get together and like, let's write a really fucking shit episode? <laughs> Finally, we could bring this show to... Yeah. It's like the producers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> One could make more money with a flop than with a hit. Yeah. This will be our springtime for Hitler. And yes, you're right. It is Tunis. Yes. How unimaginative. Jordan strikes again. <laughs> so other episodes that LaCousta and Castellaneta have written together. Havana Wild Weekend. The- that was... Average-ish. It was okay. We gave it like a dull participant. Yeah, we didn't I know. like it. Ten uh, percent solution, which is the one oh, with like Joan Rivers as yeah. casting manager. Yeah, it was. Uh, Ziff who came to dinner, which is a terrible fucking arty Ziff episode, and mm. Days of Wine and Dozes where Barney gets sober, and I actually really like that episode. Okay, so they can surprise you. It's a Russian roulette by mm. the sounds of it. Yeah, it is, but like mostly bad. Okay, yep. <laughs> five empty chambers and one good episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Starting out, we'll get into the framework. Not that there's that much of it. It's mm. more of a quick setup where, yeah, 
Marge is walking around the house and all the various members of the family just aren't in the Christmas spirit. Yeah. What, what's the Marge to do? So, yeah, they at least sort of set up what each of the kids' stories will be. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's just parts that I hated where Maggie holds up her flop at Christmas yep. DVD fucking stupid-ass palport. And <laughs> with, yeah, a really weird, sexy Miss Piggy kind of coming mm. out of a sack. Yeah. Very strange, but... That's how I like to come. And... <laughs> For Christmas. <laughs> you heard it. You can't unhear it. <laughs> yeah, and they set up Lisa's already got the opposition to the tree. and yeah. Which is dumb because she's never had a problem with Christmas trees in any other episodes. I think they just came up with the pun of fur is murder and with like... Yeah, yeah F-I-R. Yeah. yeah, let's fucking go home from there. I will say I did like her putting police tape around the tree. I thought that first I was just going to be to dec- decorate it. Yeah? I kind of liked it a bit, but yeah. yeah. As it went on, I liked it less. The, the quote of... Uh, this tree was cut down and tarted up like a dime dance floozy. Yeah. And it just rubbed me the wrong way a little bit, but yeah. Well, I mean, there were a couple of jokes I liked. Like, I like how the helicopters put the fireplace frame around the tire fire. Oh, no, it wasn't a helicopter. They were giant fucking cranes. Yeah. I When I watched this, sorry, because to the listener, I actually watched this separately. It's been a failed experiment. <laughs> um, they're giant cranes, and the cranes are twice the size of the buildings. And I'm like, is this, like, grapple from Transformers or Longarm? Like, <laughs> yes. I was trying to figure out what the hell, like... Well, there is the popular theory that, yeah, Simpsons and Transformers take place in the same cinematic <gasps> universe. Oh, right. Because the tire fire signaled to, like, Galvatron. That was, like, the flare for them to be like, that's the planet we got to go to. I see. Yeah, it all makes sense now. And the cranes were just the getting into position right. with their other robot friend, Fireplace. Yeah. Oh, is Galvatron going to spend Christmas here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, haven't seen that guy in ages. Wait, no. What's their planet called again? Cybertron. Cybertron. Yeah. What's Galvatron? It's a Chemical it's- Brothers song. Oh. Don't hold back. Galvatron. <laughs> Time has come uh, to... And I didn't mind Marge when she was setting up the Christmas thing and the bat flies out and she goes, oh, wrong holiday, dummy, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, everything else was just like, oh, Homer's neglecting his wife. Yeah, to watch a replay of a football game. I mean, I didn't like the way he shoves Maggie so violently, but yeah. it kind of cuts away before you kind of get a real sense yeah, of what's going on. Yeah, he's always gentle with Maggie. Mm. Yeah. So let's get into the first section, which was Bart's story. Hmm. Now, first thing I'm going to say, yeah, they set it up in the thing and he's got his little rifle. I felt like that they shone a light on that BB King pun, like, just so much. Very. Mm. I think it was so prominent on the gun. Whenever they showed the gun, they had to have it there now. They kind of shot themselves in the foot. Like, they had to constantly ride BB King on this rifle. Yeah. So that was their problem. But, yeah, it was... It's an okay pun, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how about you, BT? What's some moments from this segment that stood out to you? Okay, when we have the whole transition to the North Pole, it all becomes a weird LSD trip. All right, mm. look. I enjoy a good LSD montage, but it kind of needs... But also, weed isn't acid! Yeah. Acid isn't weed! Yes. <laughs> yep. And also the fact that, like, okay, you take uh, when Lisa goes to the dentist and gets the gas and has that big hallucination, yeah. fine, because that's tied to, you know the dentist gas but here it's just this is them getting to the north pole the whimsical journey which looks like you know yeah. a grateful dead clip or something. well like look i mean i like it enough for the pun of you know oh we're taking this train and we've got to take it high and you know how do you get a yeah, yeah. train to fly high you know you give it weed fine but then yeah this whole extended acid trip like there wasn't enough good material yeah, they no. ever did it and a certain point there's like pills raining down you're yeah like, into where... the nutcracker guys yeah. soldiers mouths and then their eyes go spirally and they're pill crackers now yeah <laughs> hey there's no need for it Get it? Because weed, man. Weed. I like weed and I didn't. I like the doors and I didn't like this. 
<laughs> what about you, Jordan? What's the moment that stood out to you over there? Um, I got to really finish my sentences. No, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, there was just, I think there was a lot of just unnecessary stuff. I think the bit that stood out to me was there was a lot of jokes they wanted to make, but didn't really make sense. Like when Bart is complaining that Santa never bought him a motorbike. Yeah. And he just pulls out like a mini guillotine and a thing of Santa, chops the head off yeah. and then puts it back down. And you're like, well, what was that there for? I don't really yeah. understand. Or so like, you could visually understand all the things he had just said. Yeah. Next to the gun he's already holding. Uh, yeah, well, true. And like Marge at one point says, oh, even Mac Davis couldn't save this. And I had to look that up. And I'm like, Mac Davis is like an old country singer who did a bunch of Christmas specials in like the 80s. And who's going to get that reference nowadays, Simpsons writers? Probably maybe. my dad. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I think it was just the, yeah, the unnecessary little components yeah look i'll pay that note as well i thought that when he goes to go down the slide and he goes no that's the daycare center you take the freight elevator it's like yeah. why are we wasting time on this or nelson i can't lose my health insurance i've lungs are full of candy cane dust and the cough and the swell and the immediate fucking obvious joke fucking ugh. yeah but the one thing I'll say that I liked about this section is Bart excelling at toy production. Yeah. Because... Uh, um, Lazy and cutting corners, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Bear's missing an eye. Call it a pirate bear. Yep, don't need to wrap yep. things. Slap a bow on it. I've done that. Yeah. I'm going to be doing that. Christmas paper is such a waste. My go-to if I ever don't have time to wrap anything is you get a gift bag and some crepe paper and you just stuff it in the top and that's <laughs> it. Yep, because all paper does is hide what it is until they're ready to open yeah. it. So I used to just use newspaper because it was there. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. So what about the rest of the thing when Bard actually does go up and meet Santa? What do you guys think about that? I can picture Krusty as a Santa. Like Santa a kind yeah. Of a, yeah, yeah, that was good casting. And I kind of liked Lisa as the PR whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she had like a really thick New York American uh, business person accent. Hey, what's the hey, Jimmy right here? Forget about it. How did you jingle all the way to the top? Yeah, that was another thing I was going to say is that there was a lot of wordplay that wasn't really smart, but it was, well, you're obviously trying to cram as many Christmas-themed words into yeah. the thing like the overbearing nog hog or whatever before, and this one where it was like, you're the brown-nosed reindeer that jingled his way to the top. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of, like, language things that, like, kind of going, yeah, I see what you're doing. At but. least I had the lines and themed them, I suppose. The line I really have a lot, a lot of problem with is when Bart's like, oh, I guess I'll go home, and then Krusty Santa's all like, Ah, well, yeah, I remember that 25 Earth years passes every day you're here, so your parents probably miss you. It's like, wait, no, stop. That makes no fucking sense. Uh, The other way around, where one day on Earth is worth 25 years in Christmas land, that explains how they can make all the toys, sure. Yeah. But the other, no, no, no. Your parents are probably missing you. No, they think you're dead by now. Like (laughs) It's like, even then, like, Santa could not possibly prep in that time. We'd be in the wrong dimension. Yeah. I love that someone did the maths and like if Santa did deliver all the presents in one night, the yeah. sonic boom alone would destroy and incinerate all you homes. Fool. Yeah. It's simple FTL travel. Yeah. Come on. Simple. <laughs> I think the ending as well sort of made it feel pointless and like mm. Krusty's like, ha ha ha, stupid kid, presses the button, everything goes to Rich and then they play run DMC's Christmas in Hollis and... Like it, this is obviously a common occurrence enough that he has a button that mm-hmm. can switch between fancy yeah. and dingy office. Yeah. And he still had like Rudolph in that pot. Yeah. He still cooked and ate <laughs> his reindeer. Yeah, like <laughs> gotta sell the bit. <laughs> Unless it's just fake bits. Like he didn't eat it, I guess, but still, yeah. I, the sudden turnaround from Bart was really in ungenuine, disgenuine. What's Ingenuine? the proper Disingenuous? Oh, this whole yeah. story just sort of floated from one thing and then yeah. I guess he does this and then uh, whatever. But he's like, Oh, it's a hard time. Oh no, I'm sorry, Santa, you keep all the money, you're such a good guy, like no Yeah, you were about to shoot him. Yeah. yeah. 
With a, I mean, with a BB gun, but still, like, yeah. those fuckers can hurt. Yeah. He might oh, get a welt. Fuck yeah, he might, actually. Yeah, well, it's like, because we're talking Christmas, because he starts with a BB gun, I thought they were going to do a riff on A Christmas Story, which is a very famous American Christmas movie, which yeah. we didn't never really saw it here. Mm. Sorry, a quick synopsis. The, uh, the Three uh, Ghosts, Past, Present, Future one? No, or? no, no, that's A Christmas Carol. This is a Christmas story <laughs> about a kid who has, like, a shitty life and really wants a BB gun from his parents. Right. They don't want to get him for it, and then stuff happens, and he gets it. Uh. Although A Christmas Carol is referenced later on mm. in the fourth segment. Oh. When Mr. Burns is like, I had a visit from three ghosts last night, and oh, we'll talk about that we'll later. Get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you're going to rank the Bart segment and the Bart segment alone, what would you give it? Participant. It just floats around. There's nothing of substance here. Yeah. There's just like things that I just didn't like, and but they weren't patently bad. Yeah, I concur. So the Lisa segment. So this is like she's going back into the past, and yeah. What do you guys think of this? Very strange. It was going for like big heart, and it just did not do it at all. I mean, the fact that it it just goes into an Inglorious Bastards parody, like a really long one, like about yeah. a third of the length. Yeah. Is to... That's my problem with it. Hey, because like this already sort of feels crammed with four stories. Yeah, and yeah, this segment is almost put into two, which is yeah, the family trying to deal without Marge, and then this fucking massive Inglorious Bastards parody. Yeah, where in no uncertain terms, Marge machine guns Hitler yeah. and several other people. And explodes the theatre, yeah. And, yeah, including a all the anthropomorphic and, elephant. Yeah, and busboys. They were Nazis, so it's okay. You don't know that. They could have just worked there. Well, I was about to say, well, if it's like a Glorious Bastards, it's just Nazi-occupied France. Probably some just like French film attendants. Yeah. They're like, yeah. I don't deserve this, but fuck it. I yep. was planning my own murder. Oh, <laughs> you got there first. Juan <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can murder him if... No, no, no. no you beat me to it's, it. It's done. I'll just be kicking his right. corpse. You shoot him, then I'll shoot him, then you shoot him, then I'll shoot him. I'll tell you what. You take the elephant. <laughs> so, yeah, and you're wondering during this whole Inglorious Bastard, why is there a fucking elephant involved in all this thing? Because they're showing Nazi Dumbo, and they had to have him in Called the audience. Dummkopf. Oh, there was a pun there, wasn't mm. there? Yeah. And and then, yeah, then they attempt to justify it with Lisa going, oh, I shouldn't sleep with these two things at the same time ever again. And it's like, no. It was even worse than that. She said, this is the last time I bring these two to bed at the same time. Yeah. And it's like the rise and fall of the Third Reich and just a toy elephant. Like, that's the shittiest yeah. also, justification. The, the rise and fall of the Third Reich is not going to give you inglorious bastard dreams. No, They no. end very differently. <laughs> such a solid point. I did no. not think of that. Simpsons universe exists in, in the Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino universe. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Uh, he was trying to say that violence is everywhere, even in breakfast cereals. Mm. That's why in that section there's also like a war propaganda that is itchy and scratchy. Yeah, that's yeah. right. The loose lips sink ships and he's cut his lips off. Yeah. That was pretty brutal. It's oh. itchy and scratchy. Right? I know, Come but on. yeah. In lieu of an actual episode. Yeah. yeah. So what do yeah. you guys think about the actual story? Like The one thing that really... Just made me clench my fist in anger. Homer go, next you're going to tell me you don't want Christmas ham. And Lisa goes, uh. I quote, don't you worry about that. I love meat and always will. Pulls out a bit of ham. Mmm, that is some sweet pig meat. So this is actually something that I didn't know until recently is that part of the reason Paul McCartney did The Simpsons was that Lisa would be permanently a vegetarian. And this is the second time that they've done a real dodgy to step around this rule. Yeah. Which the first being the crickets, which we saw in Pennywise, yep. guys. And, and now this. And it's just, it feels insulting to him. 
Mm. Mm. And it's not even worth it. It wasn't even funny. Why rub it in our faces like that? Because again, it's not a funny joke no. on its own unless you know about yeah. the fact that she's a vegetarian and that's not mentioned anywhere in this episode. And it's not funny. No, oh, I like meat. Nom, 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 nom. Yeah. It's like sitting next to that one weird kid who's like, I wrote Simpsons fan fiction in this. Lisa <laughs> isn't a vegetarian. <laughs> oh, you get it? She eats ham. Yeah. Ham, I think guys. The bit that... No, no, Jordan. Ham. Oh, ham. <laughs> That's he hilarious, gets it now. Um, The thing that annoyed me most about it as well is the way it's delivered. Like, yeah. Yardley Smith is reading it as if she's like, got a palm card there going, I love meat and always will. It just bugged me so much. You Didn't... know someone has a pistol to her head at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't Read think Sir line. Paul McCartney would like the... Read it. <laughs> Are we really going to know, Paul? And I said, <laughs> read. <laughs> so, to give this section any credit, I kind of like that they had Marge being the GI being sent off where Homer yeah. was... Yeah, it was a nice flip, you know. But they immediately ruin that because they have Homer still working for the war effort, building planes and stuff. Dressed as Rosie the Riveter, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the the we can do this, yeah, the yeah. muscle yeah. girl. Yeah, okay. But then they have someone asking to recruit him later. And it's like, he's already part of it. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, he's already said he's too fat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he goes, oh, why couldn't it be me? And he goes, well, it can be if you just go yeah. down to the recruitment. Shut up. The Western Union teenage kid doesn't know that he's already been denied. Maybe, but it just feels pointless. Yeah, it was was a not necessary joke. Yeah. There was one kind of funny joke that I did like in this segment, which was as it's panning along and there's that 1940s radio host, um, the guy who's like, my voice singing in your throat, like talking about cigarettes. But there's a cross stitch or something that the camera pans past, which is in Mr. Sparkle animation style, like the big eyes, Roosevelt, and Stalin, oh, and it really? says underneath, friendship through trust. <laughs> yep, in that part of history. Yeah, that's pretty good. I Back like that. when Stalin was our pal. Uh, yeah. How about you, BT? Did you have any other thoughts on this section? I will say the one bit I did like is when they're doing the pan around the old-timey version of The Simpsons house, there's just hat rack after hat rack. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that was good. They were all crammed just full of yeah, hats. Yeah, exactly. Up. We <laughs> had lots of hats back in the 40s. Yeah, some of the hats. <laughs> you your Monday hat, your Tuesday hat, your ham-eating hat, your yeah. Wednesday hat, your hat made of ham. You know the expression hat on a hat? That was just fashion <laughs> now, eh? You just did it. I liked when Homer comes back with the tree as well. He's wearing, like, this trench yeah. coat and, like, an Ushanka... Mm. hat as well. I'm like, he looks pretty yeah. stylish. Someone <laughs> really cracked out the design tools yeah. for that version of Homer. It looked good. I mean, he he would look good in that today. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I didn't mention it for the last section, but this one looks stylistically. It fit the part. Like, yeah. Nice sepia wash with everything. Yeah. yeah, and it wasn't full sepia, but it was, yeah, just like that wash. It, it was think, enough it, to be distinct, yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck. I end up saying a bunch of lines that I like from this section where they do the flashback within the flashback. and That's a little weird, yeah. Marge is like, oh, let's pick this tree. It's it's heavy in the bottom, thinning up top, and it's sticky when you touch it, just yeah. like your father. Yeah. Not bad. But then Patty and someone are like, you're shipping out tonight, and like arrest her. Mm. Like, you report to your barracks. You don't need to be like yeah. picked up. Carted off. That was the other thing I was just going to say is this was another unnecessary moment where Patty's and them like, Hitler doesn't take a holiday. Well, he does. But he doesn't tell anyone until the very last moment, so no one can plan anything. And it's like, this is not a funny joke. You don't need to put that in. Just yeah. skip it. And the other fucking drawn-out shitty joke that I hated was the Homer and Bart crying thing. Yeah. Mm. And then the map looks like Marge. Yeah. Mm. Ah. It's my turn to cry. I'm going to cry now. No. Yeah. Like, 
the only good part about it was Grandpa going off for crying out loud. But you could have had that and not have the joke fucking last for 30 seconds. But the thing yeah. with, with that bit that bothered me was that it was really sitcom-y. Yeah. Because he's not in frame. And he comes in frame, stands akimbo and goes, oh, for crying out loud, and walks out of frame again. Mm-hmm. It's like, is this... Like the Cosby show? Well, no, maybe I'll pick a better sitcom. Uh, is this Family Matters? Like, you know, when did... Uh, yeah, Urkel recently got uh, hashtag me too. Oh, so. no, he did not. No, he did not. such a bullshit <laughs> I just slowly wanted to dismantle every suggestion you made. Oh, God. <laughs> so... I don't have anything else to say about this section. I'm actually kind of surprised we actually pulled out this yeah. much material that we'd like. Like I said, it was just so full of an attempt for heart that I just didn't feel because Lisa missing Marge should be have more gravity to it. It just doesn't. Because as I'm going through, I just started, instead of writing notes, I started writing sounds. So it was, yeah, eh, that's a flashback in a dream. Hmm. <laughs> ah, that tree looks like Marge. Flurb. Ah, oh, that map looks like Marge. Fluff long. Yeah, so they get all hysterical and crying over the map, but then when they see the tree, oh, it's a sign. Yeah. Fuck yeah, off. That was weird. I was just going to say, the other quote that I don't think it makes sense in context was Lisa saying, like, I thought you didn't like trees. And she goes, this will stand for what mum always believes in, home, family, and constantly sweeping up needles. Yeah. Constant S- sweeping up. I'm sure needles is like, I feel like you don't, you saying yeah. one of them is like a heroin addict? Well, Marge just likes cleaning needles. Where is she? Like sewing needles? Uh, I don't know. It's but a dumb also, joke. I, I honestly don't get why she turned all of a sudden because the tree. The tree was the problem, and then it's the solution. Also, when Marge is like GI, mm-hmm. and suddenly she's like special forces getting her own mission to like assassinate Hitler. She came yeah. a long way from the woman who couldn't even keep the helmet on her head. Yeah. Yeah. The way you got promoted was just say, yeah, me first. <laughs> I'll do it. Oh, yep. me, 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 me. How old are you? 13? I mean, 20? I mean, however old I need to be. 31. That'll do it. <laughs> or it's a, bag's not killing Hitler. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> oh, damn it. No. Ah. <laughs> uh, actually, there was one joke that I kind of liked with Hitler pulling off his moustache, sticking on person next. You're the Hitler now. To be fair, he didn't look like Hitler anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you were to rank this section, this section alone, what would you give it? Yeah, it's a big participant too. I reckon I'm going to fail for this one because I hate how the tree is the problem, then it's the solution. It just backs out of its own heart intent so rapidly it pissed me off. Yeah, I'm glad we got back to talking about the story because, yeah, besides the jokes I liked, I fucking hated this bit. I'd say, yeah, somewhere between fail part for me. Participate mm. fail. I can kind of forgive it because it's like she does have a bad association with tree and then it's like she discovers, oh, wait, no. Trees can be good. The tree is the, what brought the family to care. Yeah, but, but it doesn't it, work it, like that. It didn't that land it well enough. It's tenuous at best. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, when they've gone to the effort of setting it up in the start of the episode as like a reoccurring theme, it, that it doesn't pay off is extra unsatisfying. Yeah, when like 25 to 30% of your time is spent on this Inglorious yes. Bastards bit that you could cut and have more story, do that. Yeah. And then why do the family sing Oh Christmas Tree in German? Uh Surely this would feel like a bad idea given the time period. Again, just dragging out the time so much when you don't have a lot of it to work with. Mm -hmm. So the third section, and probably the shortest, Marge and Martha Stewart. You know what? I think I like this one the best out of all four. Really? Which is not to say anything. It was just because it was short and sharp, and it was just a bunch of jokes, and it didn't pretend to be anything. Which is true. I don't mind Martha Stewart. And she took the piss out of herself. I know, but, like, there's taking the piss out of yourself, but she just 
seemed like a shit. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing because she's she's so supposed to be nice, and then she's like, "Well, thank you for wasting my time." And mm-hmm. fuck wait- you, Lisa. Your star bottle looks shit. Go yeah, lie face down I in did, the snow. I did like that bit where she's like, "Well, first of all, I would have done it like this." Blah blah blah. The last thing she says is, "And lastly, I wouldn't have presented it quite so proudly." <laughs> yeah, fuck you. And the joke I liked most was probably in this one, which is the one where Marge sends the letter and you think it's to Santa like you're the only one who can help and then it flies out the window and it gets stuck in front of the mail truck who's like oh, oh crashes catches on fire which blows the letter straight into a Christmas home right in Martha Stewart's house in New York yeah <laughs> it's a fine enough misdirect as well because it could have just been something as simple and stupid as the post taking it mm-hmm. but that yeah it was the post truck that blew it up and sent it over us yeah uh, okay well I started off wanting to say when you said and out of the third segment Marge and Martha Stewart I was about to say that, yep, that's it. That's the entire note. Yeah. That's the plot. But then what I got really pissed off about is, okay, so Martha Stewart comes around and just does a bunch of Martha Stewart things to prettify the house and everything. But then she's sitting on the family and I'm like, you know what? There's your plot. Have Marge have the revelation of, I don't care if my house doesn't look immaculate. I love my family. And here's my dream sequence of getting everything I want, but not actually wanting it because it's all, yeah. Yeah. it's just glossing over the things I really love, which are my family, even if things don't look perfect. So there's a freaking plot line you could have in the same span of time that this didn't do. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when Martha Stewart is pretty much going around and silencing every member of the yeah. family. Lisa, go lay fast down in the snow. Barton Millhouse, you'd got fucking, you're taped up now. Yep. Oh, man. That was some weird fucking bondage shit going yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, that then, was like red tape that looked like bondage pinch tape. Pinch your shoulders together to hold the fucking uh, ping pong paddle yeah. in foil. Yeah. And then uh, basically gives ether to Homer. <laughs> yeah. Stay there and be a fucking um, tableau. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had to write that down. But I'm sure I didn't spell it right. Silent T on the end, I believe. Ah, tablet. I think it's an X. Is it a Q? I thought it'd be like an EAU sort of thing. Four M's and a silent Q. Silent copyright symbol. (laughs) Another kind of joke I did like in this section was that Homer is reading Modern Fart Denier magazine. And it's just got a picture of a guy looking (laughs) cheapish and pointing at a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for a quick visual gag, that was pretty good. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice that. That's great. So, yeah. And then when they get to the end of this thing and uh, Marge is like, oh, I think I like the home way of waters. And and Martha's like, oh, I'll just wave my magic wand. She's like, you can do Yeah. If you soak an antenna overnight, and by this point, I'm just like, oh, fucking enough with the Martha Stewart tip jokes already. Mm, yeah. It's just one after the fucking other, and it's just irritating. Yeah. No, yeah. my whole, my biggest note on this one is, but why? Yeah. Just the whole thing is just, but why? Why yeah. are we doing this? Yeah. Mm. There's a line that was like, oh, it's just like Christmas with a childless gay couple. Yeah. Like, uh, cool. Good joke, Dan. Yeah, <laughs> was that you or Deb? Yeah, I was about to say I can't blame it all on Dan. It which one of you said it, and which was the other one that looked at the other and went, <laughs> "You're the best." Let's fuck. All right. The one thing I did like about this kind of was when Marge wakes up and the family do breakfast in bed for her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like they set the tray down and go breakfast in bed and then pull the tray up. It's like that needs to be made in bed. Yeah. yeah. Now we just need to make it. And then Homer starts singing and it I keeps going. I didn't mind the song, actually. Mm. It's beginning to look a lot like breakfast. And then he fucks it up. And like, yeah, we are going to go out for breakfast. <laughs> he's like beating the fire with like he's singing time yeah. with the song. And yeah, I know I didn't even mind the line. It'll be any place you choose as long as it's run by Jews because they don't think this holiday is so great. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. yeah. And so the last one and uh, Maggie's Floppet Christmas Dream. Yeah. All right, guys. 
<laughs> you know what? Okay, first I'm going to praise it by saying the puppets looked pretty good. Yes. I did like the puppets. Yes. They were very cute, and the the style parody that they did was pretty good. I, when I was watching it, I was like going, oh, it's stupid, like, canned laughter, and they're trying to be like the Muppets. I'm like, actually, no, they are doing, like, a pretty good Muppets thing. I actually just realized, yeah, in the last episode, we said, oh, wouldn't it be funny if Simpsons did a canned laughter bit? And this is that. They're doing live action, puppets, mm-hmm. and canned laughter. Interesting. But... I think they just didn't go far enough like because it was just like we're just trying to do yeah. a Muppets thing and a lot of the jokes would have been you could pull them straight from the Muppets and I think they needed to do it differently they needed to be more adult or something Yeah, because Muppets is a kid show Simpsons not really a kid show anymore yeah well I, I think Muppet Tonight uh, the Muppet show rather they sort of did sort of straddle that line between mm. yeah obvious kids show PG but also some adult orientated content yeah but not like blue humour no. but yeah like for adults to enjoy as well yeah but I think stylistically, they did make some good choices here. Like with Jasper and Grandpa as Statler and Waldorf, that was fucking genius. Yeah, I was really good. hoping so much they'd throw back to them more. They only got two bits, which was a shame. No, and their second bit sucked. But I liked their first bit. What this show needs is three new writers. <laughs> and we're like, oh, God, doesn't it just? Yes. Yeah. Doesn't it just? Yes. <laughs> what was the other one that they... They said, uh, well, it's been a long run, but I think this will kill it. What? The Simpsons? No, Christmas. <laughs> no, that's not funny. That's not a joke. <laughs> I'll say the bit I did like, which is when Mr. Burns walks in and uh, Moe's there, but then passes out for a reason. I come and goes, hmm, your goblin fainted. Yeah. <laughs> this kind of says it's such an offhand way. Ooh, which is a, a cut throwback, a throwback to, joke um, to the first section yeah. where he's like, a Christmas goblin. I'm an elf. Oh, right. right. Yeah, okay. Ah, no, I thought I just, that's unnecessary, but then it gets I think I just back. like the, yeah, the delivery and how quickly it just passed through of like, he says it in such a factual way that it doesn't occur to him that that's a person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And also when he goes, release the hounds. They'll, they'll be here soon. <laughs> yeah. They have to come quite away. Uh, and you know, I didn't mind the little sock puppet. Ah, we blew the budget on Katy Perry. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of. Speaking of. <laughs> yeah. Right, so where do we start on this one? Samoa's on the phone to his girlfriend. He's like, come around to the Simpsons. Ah, that's my new swimming bachelor pad. And then mm. live action, Katy Perry walks in. Yeah. And immediately looks horrible. Not herself, but in the sense that she's against a green screen. Yeah. But all the puppets who kind of match the color scheme of the Simpsons house, because the Simpsons are all yellow. Yeah. And the color scheme of their house was designed to match and flow with that. She looks really, really, really out of place. It just, it hurts you. Not only to have a live action character next to puppets, which, hey, they do that on the puppets all the time. Yeah. But, but it they just, film them in it, the same. Yeah. In the same, in the actual, the, on the actual, actual set. Backdrop. Yeah. And, but to do it on a green screen, it just, it looked terrible. I felt so terribly bad for Katy Perry on this one. I'm feeling bad. For a super hot millionaire. I shouldn't, but she looks so uncomfortable. She looked really awkward throughout the whole thing. And she did. She's like, I don't really know what to do with my hands. Yeah. Or... And that dress was gross as well. Mm. Like, I don't know why in the context of this sketch that she, Katy Perry, Moe's girlfriend, has pictures of the Simpsons on yeah. her yeah. dress. On like, and just like a red latex yeah, figure-hugging dress as well. What's funny is, though... They did this sort of as a reference because Katy Perry yeah, yeah. was going to be on Sesame Street. But then got removed for being a little too voluptuous. Yeah. Um, for, yeah. For her, her, yeah, it was too... Had a bit too much booby Suggestive, showing. yeah. Yep. And, yeah, just... Look, Katy Perry does her thing and it's whatever. That's fine. But mm. this was just so tacky. No, and I, that's the thing, I'm not blaming the guest on this. I feel like she felt so out of place in just the way she's standing. Like you said... Like, what are you supposed to do when you're surrounded by Muppets? I don't, like... Yeah. Are you allowed to and interact the Mr. with Burns them? I don't thing, know. She doesn't kiss him. She air kisses above his head, and he doesn't kiss and her. And he just goes, 
I, I kissed a girl and I liked it. I was like, oh, yeah, that was going to be one you. of my. That was going to be a George Zadok. I was like, no, he didn't. You liar. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, her lines, of which there were like three, I think. Yeah. First one being, um, what are you guys doing in my boyfriend Mo's bachelor pad? And the next mm. one was, what are you doing with our family's faces on your shirt? Yeah, yes. that's yeah. weird. And then the next Sorry. one, which was, someone totally needs a hug. Mm. Like, that's a really creepy and weird thing to say in the context of this conversation that just happened. I think that might be something that I hate, that the script kind of objectifies her. Yeah, like yeah. I, I get the joke of having the dress as a reference to the Muppets episode that was a little too uh, arousing. Sesame Street. Sesame oh, Street no, this was... But no, no, I think they, they, were, they then went on to objectify her even further from the joke. It yeah. wasn't referencing that she got cut. It was happening at the same time. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. This was like done with production well before she was cut from Sesame Street. Oh. I, oh, no, I thought it was after. I thought it was after. No, 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 no. Heard Katy Perry was going to be on Sesame Street and they got her on because, you know, it would have been thematic at the time. And yeah, oh. in the time since she got cut from Sesame Street. Right. Oh, this even makes even less sense then. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? Another quick joke. Why did Homer have to steal the tree to give Mr. Burns the impression that... Okay, this was another, like, John Zeta corner of mine. Was that... No, 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 no. Yeah. Burns is like, oh, but where's your tree? The doorbell rings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Homer goes, oh, hold on a yeah. second. And it's Flanders with his tree because suddenly then, Homer's like pulling. It's like, Homer, let go of my tree. And like, what you, the yeah. fuck sequence of events just happened? That doesn't make any sense. It was just. Well, Ned was yeah. carrying his tree door to door to brag about how good it looked. Yeah. And then Homer took that opportunity to see, like, yeah, if it had Homer going, oh, ding dong, I'll get it. And then run out and actually saying the ding dong part. Yeah. And then running outside to get the tree. All right, not great, but fine. Or just in the background, like, you hear this. What are you doing? Like, you know, from Ned or something. Yeah, that would have been fine. But then he rips his fucking arms off. Yeah. That's yeah. a weird thing to do. Look, I just want to run through before we get to the big problem with this. Um, mm-hmm. Just a couple of things that I like stylistically, what they did in reference to Muppets and Sesame Street. Homer and Lisa only pack the essentials and then their little laugh I liked, but also just, oh, naughty you, packing saxophone and beer. Yeah. Um, I liked how Mo, when he's got the phone and... You can't get it uh, off. Get it off. That was fine. Yeah, and you yeah. see a human hand come up and pull it off. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, as like a Muppets joke, sure. And yeah, the cookies, I didn't mind that as a reference, but then they did the very obvious joke of, oh, good with the chewing, not good with the swallowing. Get it? Waka waka. Oh my God, that's a Muppets reference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> waka waka. All right, guys. So one of the two of the final fucking <laughs> last problems with this, who wants to take the lead? You're we- talking about the elongated, non-abridged version of the 12 Days of Christmas, right? The, the 39, 39 days. days. Yeah, which they then sing. Uh... They do stop at 12, thankfully, because you all know what happens after 12. That still means we went to through 17. <laughs> yeah. Wait, no. Well, there's more than that. God That's damn. 27. I, they broke my Actually, map. 28 because they sing the 12th as well. Mm. Yeah. Look, for me, I keep going between... I like it as a joke, but then in execution, it was so painful. Yeah. Like, no one wanted to sit and watch the entire thing, and we did. And yeah. a very awkward Katy Perry did her best here. Yeah, she's like sort of half smiling along. Da, 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 da. And I think that's my other problem is that it's too crammed with words. 39 something something. Da, 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 da. And yeah. like it's too fast, too much. Some of them are really rushed. And it's like, what? I, I think it was 36 alchemists transmuting. And you're like, that yeah. does not. There's a <laughs> syllable pattern, people. <laughs> and you've got to follow it. Yeah. But do four and fade out. Yeah. Fade out to credits. That would have been fine. But no. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. should have been the joke that, yeah, we were fading out and going into the credits and sort of like zooming out from the Simpsons that, house, leaving this behind. Yeah. Oh, but lucky they saved it with Mo performing oral sex on Katy Perry. 
That's exactly what happened, people. <laughs> Puppet bow. Oh, gosh. I yeah. think it's the first instance of Cunnilingus on The Simpsons. I think so. I don't want to think about it too much. But just for the full setup, usually we don't explain to jokes too heavily because we assume audiences have seen the episode. <laughs> But just for full setup, Moe's just trying to reach up to Katy Perry to give her a kiss, and Carly goes, "Ah, oh, well, I'll just kiss your belly button." She's like, "Oh, that's not my belly button." And then I was too busy cringing. But don't stop. Yeah, is that what she said? I was too busy cringing to, to hear what happened. You couldn't hear over your own cringe. My, much. my ears cringed shut. <laughs> you were yeah. I saw. I looked over at you, and you were like, "Ah, oh, yeah, yeah." I didn't. Oh, I didn't say stop. Yeah. Katy Perry. I know you've made a lot of money being very kind of like overtly sexual i would say mm-hmm. like i mean the first hit was i kissed a girl and i liked it which is obviously playing on the kind of like the titillation of oh like casual bisexualism fine but yeah it's like don't make this joke don't let them do this to you yeah, yeah. i don't know i'm curious about but also don't know how much control stars would have over a script but even that one they can refuse to say a I'm line sure they can refuse, but that was probably yeah. like uh i don't know about this joke but hey you know what I, i'm happy to be on the show or something like that but yeah i think a point that i wanted to make with Katy perry is um no she would have just, yeah, come just, and just done the gig yeah which to her credit all right that's you know what you want in a guest star somebody's gonna come up and just do the line and move on can i read a quote mediaites tommy christopher wrote which was that the episode was capped off a pitch-perfect parody of The Muppet Show, but veered into adult humour that would make the Muppet-inspired potty mouths of Avenue Q blush. (laughs) He commented that the part where Mo thinks he's kissing Carrie's belly button and she tells him not to stop has got to be a first on network television, breaking the dual taboos of oral sex and puppet-on-human conjugal bliss. Obviously, Tommy Christopher has views oh, on Puppet on Human Conjugal I'm Bliss. I'm so mad. That's the funniest thing ever said on the show, and it wasn't us. <laughs> what the fuck? I like, it's the first time network television has broken the taboos of oral sex. <laughs> and, no, the dual taboos. <laughs> You've lost. Elliot is lost for Elliot words. Lost, lost she's got nothing, voice. no more things to say. He's That's just, it. He's just escalating so well. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's the uh, show over. That's the end of the Simpsons who, Index. Thanks for joining who, yeah, us. Yeah, who was that? That was amazing. That uh, was... Mediaites Tommy Christopher. Oh, my God. I don't know why, but he, I don't know. He makes me think of Chris Farley. Uh, fuck it. Call NASA. We just found an alien. <laughs> All right. I think I can talk again. Okay, good. Oh, oh wow. Okay. All right, guys. So if you're going to rank this segment, this segment alone, what would you give it? Ah, oh, this it defies our scale, as in it's just such a weird. It almost feels like a fever dream, you know? Yeah. It's um, both gold and failure for me. <laughs> it's a golden failure. Yeah. Because it fails so spectacularly, it's almost beautiful. And yeah. horrifying. to do this. You know what? Is, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, replace your brain with just pure testicle. And that's what it would take to put this together of just... Yeah. Idiocy and boldness at the same time. Yeah. All right, guys, let's do an abridged questionnaire. Play count. Have you seen this episode before tonight? If so, how many times? I feel like I've seen that lease a bit before, but unless that's actually a reference to something else, then none. Uh, I, I mean, I watched it 
the other day, but then I had to rewatch it again today. <laughs> so yeah. twice. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sorry about that, Jordan. No, just, for, right. just for the listeners at home, um, we've got some international guests coming up on the show. Woo. As part of that, we were trying to get our Skype situation happening. And so Jordan was sort of remotely trying to help mm. us out with that. It was ultimately a failure. So we had to redo this failure. session and make him watch <laughs> the okay. fucking episode again. I did pick up a few extra things on the second watch. So yeah, That's no, good. it was all right. Yes or no, would you watch it again? Oh man, only just to prove that it exists. <laughs> like to be like, wait, did I hallucinate that? Did uh, no? Okay, I, don't, I like not to prove to anyone else, just to prove to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like you will be in denial. Like, I'll about wake up tomorrow. tomorrow and be like, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> I was on some cough meds or something. <laughs> this this isn't a. Oh god. No, just that last song on YouTube, just with the credits, just so I can show you someone. See, it's Mo's blowing Katy Perry. Yeah. This happened on The Simpsons. Yeah, okay. I, Can I you agree imagine with you if it was the other way around, how much creepier that would have been? Oh. <laughs> so not only like cartoon Mo Dick, but like just Muppet Dick. <laughs> Muppet Dick. Well, I mean, yeah, God. Don't even want to think no about it. No fun places to go from No. Here. Can I do a couple of Vayner Corners really quickly? Come on, so, really good. When Bart turns up the thermostat to melt the snowmen guards. I didn't mind that joke, actually. It was fine. But it was already set to 50 degrees, which snow would have already melted oh. by that stage. Oh, actually, no, I didn't like it because then he pulls out the wallet with the snow family and then it was sad. He left the gun at home when he got yeah. on the train. I was going to write that down like, no, Jordan will catch that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Nazi Dumbo is blowing up England. Uh, where is it storing the missiles? It's butt. <laughs> it's elephant bombing pouch. Cool. It wasn't my first question. <laughs> yeah. Um, and lastly, Mo has someone he can just booty call. Yeah, look, I kind of liked that as a misdirect. That, yeah, it was Pop Singer Katy Perry is your girlfriend. What? what? But, yeah. Make her a puppet. I'm sorry, so many things get fixed if she's a puppet. Yeah. The awkward performance, the green screen, the whole fucking Yeah, deal. she can still do the voice. Then Mo can reach her lips. Yeah. Yeah, thank God. And we missed the entire oral sex bit. Yeah. Well, with those anal corners out of the way, it must be time to rank this thing. Jordan, kick it off. Yeah, I, I think I'm comfortable at just a straight participant. Like, the last one is really bad, but also really good, but really bad. But the others are just really bland. So yeah. I think it averages out for me to just a plain participant, and that's all I need to say. <laughs> Fair enough, BT. It's a tough one, because I'm like, in the segments, participant, failure, fail participant, and then golden failure. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what to call that. <laughs> So, outside of calling it a golden failure of just, you kind of almost have to see it to believe this happened, I'm going to just straight up fail. It's such a fever dream of nonsense. Yeah. And even the parts that are okay or kind of good just get lost. And the fact that that's what I'm going to remember. I'm going to remember the fever dream of nonsense. Yeah, I'm failing this one as well. Yeah. It's just, it's unpleasant. It's an unpleasant watch. Mm. And a lot of sense of why the fuck are they doing this. Yeah. yeah, but why was still one of my big notes on this one. It just feels like Dan Castelletta just took his wife out for a night. Like, hey, I bet we can write an entire episode before the yeah. dessert gets here. And they did. And look, this is the third of these vignette episodes that we've done. And the common theme that I've noticed with the ones that we've done anyway is that they don't have a lot of time to work with in these three stories. Mm. 
And from doing Treehouse of Horror, they should be good at this by now. Yeah. And this is season 22. They've had 21 Treehouse of Horrors come before this. Mm-hmm. And they've had great Treehouse of Horror. They know how to use the seven-minute time effectively. And so, look, if you're going to go in and sort of forego most of the framework and cram in four stories... You got to make them work, and they just bad time management throughout yeah. them all. The counter argument I would say to that is yes, they've had twenty two seasons to perfect storytelling, and yet all the garbage HD normal episodes yeah. are proven that they don't know what they're doing anymore. Mm. Well, no, that's it. And, you know, this one will average out into being a shiny failure. It's actually the first shiny failure we've had in a very long time. Mm. It'll be joining other such episodes as Marge versus Seniors, Singles, Childless Couples, Teens and Gays, whatever, the fucking Rufy episode. Codependence Day, where Homer puts Marge in the driver's seat oh, of the yeah. car after the DUI. A mm. uh, 10% solution, which I did with yeah. you, Jordan, a few weeks ago yep. with Joan Rivers and that. And Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore, another episode written by Dan Castellaneta and Deb LaCousta. Yep. Mm. Well, actually, yeah, you just said 10% Solution was another one written by them as well, wasn't it? Oh my god, it was. <laughs> shiny Failure is where Dan and Deb exist. I'm glad I got a Shiny Failure because I think it really, like, it's like, oh, that's a piece of garbage, but there is that just, like, little sparkle that you're like, yep. what is that? that? Is that gold or tinfoil? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, no. All right, guys, that about does it for tonight, and that also uh, caps off vignettes of vignettes, the first yeah. ever one. God, this has taken so many months to finally put together. Yeah, I know. We recorded the first one, like, maybe last year? Yeah. What are you talking about? It. We all did it in one day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nick and Shag are standing outside the door. (laughs) Hey, guys. Sorry to make you stand outside in the cold. (laughs) Don't touch that pizza. That's my pizza. And yeah, on behalf of Danny Rosewell and Captain Nick, thank you for joining us. That's been BT Calloway. Goodbye, farewell. Shop Quickie Mart and save. Goodbye, Jordan. Adieu, auf Wiedersehen, aloha. And I've been your host, Elliot J. O'Neill. That's all the mustard in the house! But that's not my belly button. (laughs) And say stop. (laughs) Thank you for listening to The Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com forward slash The Simpsons Index or at Simpsons Index on Twitter. And now, please stay tuned for the bonus scenes. No, I totally agree with that. And because like I generally gen- generally like season Januarily. Januarily. I only like this episode in January. <laughs> um yeah. no, that falls off all the time. Oh good. And written by Dan Castan and Dan Castan and Aneta. Dan Canasters. Dan Canasters. Dan Castanets. Written by Dan Castellaneta. Fuck, I'm never going to get this right. Castellaneta, Castellaneta, Castellaneta. Written by the guy who voices Homer. Yeah, all I know from Greek mythology is the Rush song Hemispheres. One day I'm going to have to take you to a museum. <laughs> something like that. Like something that isn't involved in Rush. We may look at some moving pictures. I don't know. Yay! <laughs> or as Rush would say, yeah! Sorry, you did Latin as well, didn't you? I didn't do Latin. No. Oh, okay. I have a minor in applied linguistics, but oh, nice. <laughs> not a particularly useful element of my You're talking to but... a Bachelor of Music here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Does that mean if you had a sheet of staff paper, you refer to it as your Bachelor of Music pad? <laughs> no. Okay, terrible joke. No, um, I thought you were going to go with, like, you just play Bachelor Girl songs. Uh, well, it does feel so good. I want to do it again. <laughs> yeah, very good. You have to do that one again because that's the only song.
Yep. <laughs> uh, no, they had um, permission to shine. Ah, okay. Give Wait, myself permission to shine. What's that? I thought it was like Vanessa Amorosi no, or something. No, she shit. had she had a song called Shine. Ah, okay, well there we go. Yeah, <laughs> damn um, you, early aughts. <laughs> but damn you, early aughts, <laughs> Jay O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, get your shit together, Elliot. Want this? Uh, um, I usually have the your shit together. <laughs> Oh, that's right. You you do you talk about the other episodes yep. that have done this ranking. All right, so this will average out into being a shiny participant, which isn't it just amazing, BT, that yeah. the, the early aughts just had that list of other <laughs> other shiny participants ready to go. Like we I didn't know, have, yeah. we didn't have to sit here for any time. He just knew it off the top of his head. Yeah. Seamless, remarkable. 